0: The Blast from Our Past Network.
1: Hey, this is Jeanette Goldstein of Aliens T2 Titanic Other Films for Podcasting After Dark.
2: Lock your doors, close your windows, turn out your lights, for chills and thrills await you. It's time for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Stay with a friend, say your prayers, as grisly ghouls close in to seal your doom. Tonight's episode, Split Second, starring Rutger Howard, Kim Cattrall, and Alistair Duncan. Welcome to another
0: overly caffeinated episode of Podcasting After Dark. We are your
3: hard-boiled podcasters. I'm Corey, And just call me Dick
2: uh wait hold on a second was that just a really was that just a hard-boiled or is that your bad hulk hogan impression? I, I know right because <laughs> i like either one
0: i did not workshop that before we started recording <laughs> i was either going, one works. i i you know i was going for like a hard-boiled detective thing you know uh yeah i guess rector howard didn't really sound like that <laughs> you're
3: like let oh, me well. tell you something brother
0: <laughs> but I am overly caffeinated, like like Rutger Hauer was, or or his character Detective Stone was in this movie. So, well,
2: well you're you're overly caffeinated, and Hauer, who was on the wagon character-wise in the movie, uh, I'm the opposite of that because I've been drinking <laughs> tequila.
0: Well, buddy, you got to when we talk about split second, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> this episode is br- brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts Coffee and yeah. Cutwater Tequila Margarita. Cutwater. Get yours today.
0: Man, I wish we had a bag of rah-rahs to eat while we were doing this. So
2: I, so I, so I took me—I'm like, what the fuck are rah-rahs? Until he had, like, little pieces of shit decorated on the refrigerator. And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> chocolate? It's, it's not shit because he lived in a shithole, apparently, with his Harley Davidson everywhere. But don't call me Harley. Um, <laughs> and his pigeons. And,
0: that was yeah. uh, actually Rutger Hauer's dis- design decision for the movie was to have the pigeons.
2: Oh, that's, that's great choice. Um, so (laughs)
0: that's, that's wonderful. That's one. I think that was actually the producer's reaction too, because she's like, but she's like, but the filthy, why would you want
2: them? Um, so I, and then finally after searching what rah-rahs were through, you know, I'm like on my phone, pausing, searching, pausing, searching, pausing. And then like, I'm like, Oh, it's chocolate. Some point in the movie, we figured that out. Oh, okay. It's chocolate. He's been eating chocolate the whole time. Uh, is oh. that like a British
0: uh, treat type of thing? I, I We got to ask
2: our boy, David Irons. Shout out to <laughs> David true. Irons. He's Give probably going to be like,
0: one, one on Rob Ross, baby.
2: He's going to be like, I can't believe they gave me a shout out in the first five minutes of the show. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a terrible impression. A terrible impression, by the way. Yeah, boy, we David are. Irons.
0: We are not nailing the impressions right out of the gate on this. No, one.
2: but I will tell you, <laughs> That will probably add to the entertainment value of this episode.
0: You go. <laughs> oh, God. I, love I love how Zach came comes into this episode already like a couple sheets because he's like, I can't handle this right well, now. Well, Jesus,
2: dude. You know, so you tell me. Just a quick backstory. You, know, you we do the unboxing. I get the split second movie. I'm, I'm ex- on one hand, I'm excited because I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. Yeah. And to be honest, I watched it one time in 1992 when it came out on direct-to-video. <laughs> uh, and there's a reason for that. We'll get to that probably later. Sure. sure. Uh, through the breakdown. But um, so I was excited. I'm like, okay, you know, give it another shot. Yada, yada, yada. And all hell starts breaking loose all over the world. Well, and, well all it starts breaking loose. It's been breaking loose. Yeah. Uh, the world we live in. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of perfect to be watching this movie right <laughs> now because... This is very well what our world might look like very soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we don't get too topical here, but yeah, there's some fires in Eugene right now, or close to to Eugene, Oregon, where I live. So it looks like Silent Hill here, and uh, Jesus, for the past yeah. like three days, and that's just it's been crazy, absolutely crazy, but. I will say that I did enjoy the distraction that was breaking down, you know, a uh, split second, because if I didn't, if I wasn't doing anything, I'd be like, oh, fuck, I would just totally, you know, kind of be like freaking out right now. But I'm glad I was able to, to be distracted and everything.
2: Yeah, total. And yeah. I will say watching this film, being able to watch it and not break it down. Very entertaining. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure so you briefly touched on it, but go a little bit deeper. What was your experience with the movie?
2: Yeah, so I'm a huge Ruckerhauer fan, always have been. Um, and, and, you know, when I, I was thinking about movies that stood out to me in his career, besides some of the more obvious ones like Blade Runner and The Hitcher, obviously, you know, people will bring those movies up. But I was thinking of movies like A Breed of Part, which is a great, uh, very small, budgeted. Not too many people know about that one with uh, Kathleen Turner and Powers Booth. A okay. Really cool flick uh, that shout factory finally put out not that long ago. Uh, it had been in limbo forever. Um, and so going into it, I was like, Oh, huge Rucker Hauer fan. Saw blind fury, yada, yada, yada. And then this comes out, direct video. And I'm like, I'm going to get it. It's got a cool looking alien on the front. You know, it's, it's, spoiled the fact that, Oh, okay. Well, we know that there's an alien in this it's- thing, but I, I didn't care at the time. At the time I was like, it's got an alien in it. What looks like an alien. Uh, I'm I'm sold. So yeah. I saw it when it first came out on VHS in ninety two, direct to video. Uh, I might have rented this with my buddy Jamal. Shout out to Jamal, who doesn't get a lot of love, but he's definitely one of my homies, my watching homies back in the day. And um I kind of forgot about it, to be honest with you. Like I I always knew the name. You tell me yeah. Oh, have you, you seen see the poster? You see the poster and you're like, Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. But then like my feelings about it, what I thought of it then. Uh, What I remember about it was kind of blurry. And so that's my history. What's your history? (laughs)
0: This was a Fangoria movie for me, and... and I'm glad that we we re-released the Tony Timpone episode uh, out there for free right now. And because he does talk about that period during, I think, what, the mid-90s where there just wasn't that many horror movies around at the time. Yeah. And, like, they had to, like, feature stuff like na- – uh, not Naked Gun um, – uh, Naked Lunch. They had to feature movies like that even though they weren't technically horror movies. Now – I think that that split second didn't quite fall into that category, but I think it did start coming in in the early nineties when things did start to wane a little bit in the, the hype of the horror genre and everything, but they, they featured the hell out of it because of the design, the creature design and watching the, 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 the behind the scenes stuff on this MVD Blu-ray shout out to MVD. They put out a great, great uh, copy of this Blu-ray here with an awesome, uh, the dude designs Tom Hodges uh, cover. Um, but they featured Fangoria featured this prominently. And I had a, I had a subscription to Fangoria at the time and just visually, man, it checks off all the marks, you know, like, yeah. like the, the leather studded cop, the hard boiled detective, you know, the creature that looks sort Sort of like the Predator, sort of like an alien, as like a xenomorph, and sort of like uh, Venom, actually from from uh, Spider Man, kinda,
2: and sort of like the Wraith, uh, the with the with a motorcycle helmet visor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's you know, when you you look at it, it is a hodgepodge, you know, like it's a hodgepodge creature. Yeah. But I think that the the ultimate design, what they ended up with was pretty cool looking, although it was I mean, you saw so much more of it in Fangoria than you ever saw in the movie because you barely see shit of it in the movie.
2: Yeah, I I agree. Uh, Thank God. And and yeah, I'll I'll echo your uh, shout out to MVD. Who has a kick-ass intro, by the way, on their Blu-rays. It is so cool. It's so retro and mm-hmm. they do those guys clearly love the movies that they're sourcing, you know, that they're yeah. that they're putting out. Um because they put so much love into them. I have a bunch of their movies, by the way. They they put out a great version of um Double Impact and Lionheart. And you and I went to a Lionheart Blu-ray signing at Dark Delicacies in Burbank. Yes, uh, we that did. was one of the early ones that they put out, actually. Um, by the by, the way, like they're, they're with their slip covers, the VHS slip covers, and all that shit.
0: Yeah, I think this might be my first MVD movie. I'm just like quickly going through my head. I know I have more uh, Kino movies. I know I have more Arrow and Shot Factory ones, but I think, and uh, Mill Creek, but I think this is my first MVD, and I got to say, I am impressed. It has a lot of features, and it has an awesome, awesome cover, but, uh, but we're not getting paid and by the, MVD, so.
2: We're not getting paid by them, And but I would also say that they, they give you a poster with it, too. Yeah. And so I'm I'm just saying, like, because I own a bunch of MVD stuff uh, and take it from, it like, if you trust our opinion, which you clearly do, they put out quality stuff. So if you're on the fence about buying something and it's, they're reasonably priced, but I will tell you, like, I don't mind putting, paying full price for something like this because I know that they put a lot of love into it. They, quick, uh, quick side note, they, when the Lionheart Blu-ray came out, they had a lot of issues with the quality. And so... Anybody that bought one, they're like, look, you know, we're going to resend you uh, a, a, a new version of the Blu-ray, you know, give us your email. Oh, so like they, they they
0: re they remastered it and re, repressed it and then just sent people new. That's so
2: awesome. Yeah, because there were some audio quality, some audio yeah. issues with it, and they fixed those and they resent it out. I don't know many companies that do that. A lot of companies are like, no. well, sorry about that. These guys were like, no. Let's fix it. So, you know, quick shout out to them. Yeah, we're not getting paid That's by awesome. them. That's awesome. Yet. <laughs> yet. One day, hopefully. Hey, we'll even take free swag and shit. <laughs> you know what? MVD, you want to send us something cool? Go for it. Enough about MVD being totally awesome. Let's get back to your experience, <laughs> the whole point of that. Corey, what's your experience about this movie again? <laughs> yeah, so so just to <laughs>
0: wrap it up, uh, you know, Fangoria introduced me to it. I got excited for Fang for it through Fangoria, um, and it came out, and I was like, eh, okay. I I watched it probably, I watched it once with Luke, and Luke fell asleep during it, so that should tell you something. Um, something And then I probably watched it, like, one more time around then, but here's the weird thing. The monster and just the visual aesthetic of the film stuck with me for years later. Yeah, when I know. would doodle, I would just I would draw the monster just randomly. I probably spent more time doodling the monster and, and thinking about the world than I did actually watching the damn movie. And I'm also now, because of this in hardware, I'm also starting to be able to analyze my likes and interests and uh there's there's some similarities between the the two films like you know not having a lot of backstory to what the 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 antagonist creature whatever it is but i kind of find that that allows my imagination to run wild but and i like that but i will get into that as we as you know as we talk about the movie and break it down and everything but Dude, it's funny how my experience with the movie originally is kind of the same as yours, but for some reason it just hit a hit certain tones for me that just kind of it just stuck. It kind of just stuck with me for some reason, and I don't know why.
2: Yeah, I mean, you were doodling to uh, the monster, and I was diddling to Kim Cattrall so you know <laughs> I,
0: you know what's funny as <laughs> sleazy as I am I forgot that she was nude in this
2: so did I I actually did I actually <laughs> did too all I remember I, I will say one thing that I stood out to me that I remember was in the trailer her saying
1: Harley <laughs>
2: yeah
0: <laughs> but dude like like what a fun <laughs> surprise not remembering that Kim Cattrall is nude and then all of a sudden seeing some nudity I was like hey this is awesome nice.
2: well, from everything everything I've heard too like she's pretty she's pretty chill about that that whole all that stuff so then uh, yeah. you know her body of work is pretty much evident that she doesn't give a shit about doing nude scenes in movies so yeah. that wasn't that big of a shocker but I was like oh this blu-ray edition's really nice <laughs>
0: <up really> well. <laughs> this, is, this is really nice and uh while we're on kim cattrall not gonna lie i kind of think that her star trek haircut's hot
2: oh, i think it's great too i actually really dig it uh she was she was sporting the uh the, the like the shaved look yeah the shaved before. sides which
0: which is weirdly looks like you're watching it and, and it came out in 1992 and it her hairstyle looks like it could fit right now
2: she totally could and yeah let, let's not forget the fact that like she is, she's a great actress. She yeah. really like, she really is. She's a really great actress and I'm not going to harp on it too much, but I'm um, the fact that, you know, I was, I had a huge crush on her back in the day. Yeah. And she still do. Like she's a, she's a, she's a Fox. So, uh, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's remarkable with her, uh, the people behind the scenes and everything, the, the caliber of talent, that went into this. Hey, yes. <laughs> not the best movie ever, but uh, <laughs> the the quality of talent that was behind the camera and in front of the camera for this movie is remarkable. Would you uh, really get Zach, into that? Yeah, I or was gonna say to let's let's start like diving into those uh, those names. You wanna you wanna start with the director?
2: Yeah. So it's directed by and I, I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Tony Malam Malam mm-hmm. uh, and he did a great, great uh, slasher movie back in the day called The Burning. I love it, which, which you just watched recently, actually, for the first time.
0: Which Myra and I just watched uh, two nights ago for Dude. the first time. And uh, it, Dude. I, I very much enjoyed it. It wasn't – now I'm starting to be able to put like sort of barometers on, on things of movies that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. I hate Prom Night. You know that. I told you that uh, on yep. our wrap-up after dark. Um, but I liked – I, and I liked Sleepaway Camp more than The Burning, but I thought The Burning was very solid and it had some nice
2: sleaze in it. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, and then and I must I must say to you, for me, Sleepaway Camp is tops. So anything yes. below that is a is a decent movie. I saw this on a triple feature, uh, Camp Void, which Cinematic Void in Los yeah. Angeles, Hollywood, Santa Monica, uh, did a film festival called camp void their first the first one they did they showed the burning sleepaway camp and then um shit i'm trying to remember i think it might have been one of the friday the 13th movies i can't remember anyways uh the burning was shown and seeing that in a movie theater with an audience that's the way to see these kind of movies yeah. it's really hard watching these movies solo like i i get it guys we live in a time when you can't necessarily do that right now uh, but if you can find a way to watch this movie split second or the burning with a homie, like, you know, the whole time I'm watching split second, I'm like, man, I wish Corey was here with me right now. I wish, <laughs> wish, I c- cannot wait for the day that we break down a movie together. Oh uh, yeah. You know, that is going to be so much fucking fun. Anyways, that being said, yeah, the burning is like, it's not, it's another slasher movie, but it's a fun one.
0: It's 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 super fun. It's super fun. I, honestly, my biggest complaint from about the burning is that I liked Cropsby and I wished I saw him more. Like I wish the the villain was just featured a bit more. I thought he was a super cool villain. And, I, bo- and spoiler alert! They do not leave room for a sequel with that one.
2: No, and i actually that's what I appreciate appreciate about it is that they they it's cut and dry. You know, yeah, unlike something and, bubbling at the end of this movie. But
0: and oh. the weird. And seeing <laughs> Fisher Stevens look like he's 10, but then knowing that he's going to be in short circuit like four years later. Doing a bad, like,
2: re- Pakistani Indian yeah, character. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's Racist. It, Dude, it, but he <laughs> looks, it's just, I can't, like, he just must have matured immensely in like two or three, like three years or something. It's really crazy because he looks super young in The Burning.
2: He looked super young in that, and he also – he looked super young in uh, My Science Project, and the whole time I'm watching him in My Science Project, I'm like, I feel like he's probably older than he's playing, but I think he was probably pretty young in that too, but yeah, it's neither here nor there. Mm. Yeah, a lot of, like, fun little cameos. Uh, Shout out the Cartwright. You got Jason Alexander in, <laughs> in a small role with hair. Holly Hunter. Uh, yeah. Honestly,
0: gonna... I thought that that Jason Alexander's role was a bit bigger than I was expecting, and because uh, he was kind of playing this sort of cool guy, and it kind of worked. Like he oh, kind of good. was yeah. kind of cool with his hair. It's it's when he lost his hair, he became George Costanza.
2: <laughs> Man, it, yeah, he's he's the perfect definition of what hair can do to somebody. Yeah,
0: what? what the, yeah, to their their mojo. Um, and yeah. everyone Steve's, says Holly Hunter yeah. was in it, but I, where was she in that movie? I couldn't even pick her out at all. She it, wasn't small, Cougar, was she?
2: No, I don't no, I don't think so. Small uh, small role. Uh, it, Camp Void was like five years ago, I want to say. So okay. it's been a minute since uh, I haven't watched in a while. But I do remember okay. spotting her and then going, oh, yeah. And Fangoria even. Fangoria, before we had the Wayback Wednesday and all that shit. Uh, or, you know. Throwback Thursday, Friday. whatever. Yeah. yeah, all that kind of shit. Yeah. yeah, they were doing that, man. They were sh- giving shout-outs in their magazines to um, – Actors like before they were famous and blah blah blah. Sam Rockwell was in Happy <laughs> Hell Night, you know, or something. Or like
0: or that. he was he was also in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as one of the like the random foot guys. Uh, That's fact, actually but- his
2: first role, but the first one, first like slasher movie he was in, first horror film was Happy Hell Night.
0: Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, speaking of another behind-the-scenes person in this movie that went on to do much bigger things, is the writer, including
2: yeah, in- including a horror film, The Hollow Man. Gary Scott Thompson, the the writer, uh, yeah, eighty-eight minutes. That's all I'm going to say. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, he he was the guy who wrote a bunch of Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, and. Fun fact, I have not seen one Fast and Furious movie. So uh, <laughs> just like I've seen only one John Wick movie, but that's neither here nor there. Oh God, and I just got kind of to put it out there right now, the reason why I haven't seen a Fast and Furious movie, because Diallo right now is probably listening to this and going, what? Yeah, I know. Nothing. And John Wick, it's nothing against any of those franchises at all whatsoever. It's simply, I have very limited time in what yep. I can watch. And if I had the choice of, When I have just my choice and it has nothing to do with my wife and the fact that she gets scared with like, you know, a rat in a movie, um, I I end up like if I am, I'm going to go retro. I'm going retro. I'm not going modern just because that's where my heart lies. So that being (laughs) said.
0: Yeah. Uh, and just to make Diallo <laughs> feel better, the reason that I love and appreciate the Fast and Furious films is because Diallo schooled me on how awesome they were. Because when I was not younger, well, I guess I was younger, but when the earlier ones came out, I was like, ah, these are kind of lame. But then the post, like, three, uh, Fast and Furious three, when they rebooted the franchise, yeah. like, I wasn't watching them. And then Diallo's like, no, dude, you got to. And then I got hooked. I'm like, oh, these, they're just like superheroes now. And he's like, yes, that's it. And I'm like, cool, cool. I can do this I don't care yeah
2: that's fine. I, I will I will someday I'm sure when Bodhi yeah. gets to the age that's when I'll start watching all this stuff because he'll want to watch it and I'll be like oh sure you know
0: d- d- and dude I'm I'm with you man I don't have time for TV or anything like that so when yeah. when I when the, <laughs> the wife and I do have time to watch something and it is my choice I have been for the past year <laughs> trying to fill in my gaps from my, my childhood of what I've what I've missed you know like the Burning, like the uh, aforementioned prom night, like the aforementioned uh, sleepaway camp. So I've been trying to just kind of, you know, so I can have a better conversation with you, Zach, on these podcasts and, and bring more knowledge to the table. And the cool thing was when I saw, um, you know, The Burning was already on my list. You've been telling me to watch it. Great. I, you know, I, And I listen to you. So I'm like, cool. I, I want to watch nice. it. I also want to watch Terror Train. Um, yeah. But uh, when I saw that the, this is the director that, you know, the split second director directed The Burning, I was like, cool, perfect. This is perfect timing. Let's go watch this and it it is perfect
2: and i didn't even know that so when i saw that when i was doing my mutual research not as extensive as you obviously um because it wasn't my pick but but when i was doing a little bit of because because the movie doesn't really warrant that much research (laughs) no no it warrants something uh we'll we'll get to that i love this like build up it's 30 minutes in and we're still um but yeah it i I was like oh that's that's really fucking cool so Just really quick on the cast. So obviously Rucker Howard, Kim Cattrall, you guys know who they are. Um, you know, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Uh, you know, in our in our Instagram, Facebooks, <laughs> no one pays attention to Facebook. No. On Instagram, uh, what's your favorite like off, off like off title Rucker Hauer, Kim Cattrall movies? Like, tell us. I want to know from you guys. You guys know a shit ton of stuff, all you listeners. So tell us, like, what's a, a movie from their catalog that is a little obscure that you really dig? I'm always curious about that stuff because then it might be like, oh, I never saw that or, oh, I haven't watched it in a long time. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Rucker Howard plays Harley Stone. <clears throat> Uh, that name just gets me every time. I know. Uh, Kim
0: well, C- it, it gets me because Kim, Kim Cattrall's name is Michelle McLean. And then, uh, Alistair Duncan's name is Dick Durkin. So why wasn't his name like Shirley stone? You know, like why yeah. didn't they go for, is it the, what is that term for? It? Um, there's a word when, when the, the, the rhyming structure is based on, you know, the, how they're, how it's two Ms or, or two Ds, you know?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. What is that? Uh, onomatopoeia or syncopia?
0: Something like that. Yeah, S- I don't know. <laughs> but it, but clearly the writer was trying was doing something to that effect because th- they have those names like that, and then he's just like, nope, peace Harley Stone. It's like well, oh, it, it makes right. it
2: makes sense that uh, Gary Scott Thompson is the Fast and Furious writer because you know the nit Harley Stone is like such yeah. a it's like such a you know '90s name. Anyways, um, yeah, they play Harley Stone, Michelle McLean, uh, Alistair Duncan plays detective dick durkin which i guarantee you throughout this i will be calling him dunkirk uh not (laughs) intentionally but just because i it just will happen um and i know him uh from he does a lot
0: of voice work like video game voice work and in the latest god of war he played a a character that was with your team the entire time he he was played a severed head that could talk so he was like always attached to you but he also it was basically but he, it would provide like the narrative of of what they were doing and everything um so I was like oh cool he played that character but yeah he's got a shit ton of like voice acting credits
2: yeah it's pretty bonkers and being a voice actor i i it's not jealousy but i go man damn i'm happy for the dude like it's because it's hard to get gigs, period. Yeah. And the fact that he's working as well as he is in voiceover, uh, amen tops to him. Yeah. I uh, hope he got that weird lesion taken care of on his chest. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, in the in the top billing on IMDb, the next character, the next actor is Michael J. Pollard. He has a very small role. Tiny role. Very tiny role. But, you know, um, but if you don't know who Michael J. Pollard is... He's a character actor who's been in everything from Bonnie and Clyde in the '60s. The fact that that movie came out in the '60s is bonkers to me. We are fucking old at this point.
0: (laughs) I know, and and he that's that's kind of like his that was his big sort of start. But I know him as uh, the character in Scrooge. That kind of he dies in the sewers. You know.
2: Yeah, he always plays like a heartfelt kind of character. Yeah, Uh, I loved him in Roxanne, which is one of my favorite. It's actually my the favorite romantic comedy of all time for me uh steve martin oh nice i haven't and, seen uh, roxanne in forever dude it holds up It holds, i actually watched it not that long ago i got the mill creek vhs slipcover nice. version, and dude, i got it fucking for love free. those mill creeks <laughs> i got it for free because milk creek until uh, i loved when people had contests before covid uh and they were giving away shit and milk creek gave away uh i got a i got that for free from milk creek because they had a contest oh, that's yeah. awesome yeah there you go um okay and so <laughs> i love how so the 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 police captain whose name is thrasher <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i know oh my
2: god uh, it's a porno we making what are I we know. doing what's going on did a six-year-old write this uh he was in i mean so his name is alan armstrong alan with and, a u a l u n yeah. and and, uh, and i mean he is like yeah go for it,
0: it no it's just like he he's he's a fucking fantastic actor like what is he doing in this movie like he is one of those actors like the next name that's going to come up uh uh you know when that zach's going to mention but he's like one of those actors where you're like when you see him you're like oh okay quality you know he's going to bring quality performance uh but he was in kroll <laughs> that's for
2: sure you know it's funny when people are like oh Croll's the best movie in the whole wide world it's not that great. Let's be honest with you. It's not that great. It's, it's, it's in the same vein that last Starfighter. It's got flaws. Yeah. They're not, these movies yeah. are not like, don't come at me and be like, bro, how dare you diss <laughs> Kroll? I'm not dissing Kroll. I'm just saying that these movies have flaws. It's okay to admit that. It is okay to admit that something is not perfect because, you know, they're not. not yeah. Everything I love is flawed. Except for boogie nights, that's a whole other story. It's split <laughs> second, um, yeah. But Alan Armstrong, Crawl, The Mummy, Sleepy Hollow, Van Helsing—I mean, blockbuster after blockbuster. Uh, rounding out the most notable of the cast is Pete Postlethwaite. Um yeah. huh. if you don't know who he is and I didn't realize he was dead which is heartbreaking What?
0: No, he yeah, I mean I knew that. I've I've been I have been missing him since 2011. I fucking yeah. love him. I am um, yes, Usual Suspects. He played Kobayashi. Everybody knows yeah. that. Um but dude, everything he in, he's in his he crushes it and I totally fucking forgot he was in this movie and just the, the nanoseconds that he's in it are fantastic i yeah. miss him so much he's just another yeah. character actor uh that just he had he has no business being in this movie you know what i mean like this movie's beneath him yeah this movie's beneath everybody that's in it you know what i mean well, yeah. but yet here we are here we are
2: i mean this this movie is a perfect example of like what could what could have been um but what didn't happen but Postlewaite, yeah, like, if you don't know who he is, look up his resume. He died at 64, which is not young or yeah. it's not old. It's right yeah. in the middle. I look, shit, yeah. both Corey and I are in our 40s. I look at that and I go, well, that's not that long from now. <laughs> no. um, who knows? But... He was—he was a kick-ass actor, dude. Like he—he he really was. And actually, he brings money. And—and and I will say that I have a lot of sympathy for his character. I don't think his character is necessarily a, in the wrong with some of no. his judgment calls. N-
0: no. No. And, And—and I'll kind of get into some of the stuff I like about it when we do it. And—and and that's one of the things that there's—there's there's just weird little sprinklings of greatness in this movie, surrounded by a porridge of
2: bad <laughs> well i will say this is no hardware on one hand you're where... right
0: it's not is infinitely better
2: <laughs> well but i will i will say uh you know dunkirk i mean durkin dick dick durock um that's the guy from from uh swamp thing dick durock i think that was the actor to play dick durock plays swamp thing um yeah like the this they kind of lay it out for you later on in the movie. Yeah, what this, what this thing uh, is allegedly.
0: Yeah. So I do want to mention one more actor <laughs> that I recognized in the movie, you do? and that was the I guess uh, the not the quartermaster, but the guy who runs the weapons locker. Uh, yes. The character's name is Pat O'Donnell, and it's it's Tony Steedman, and I know him as Socrates Johnson from fucking Bill and Ted's.
3: Oh
2: Jesus, Socrates.
0: Yeah, he was fucking Socrates.
2: Wow. By the way, yeah. ha- have you seen the new Bill no. and Ted's mm-hmm. yet? No, I haven't had a chance to yet. Huh? I mean, is it good? You, you don't need. No, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. I- I'm not going to spend twenty dollars to. Well, maybe I will. Um, but yeah, well, I-, I did. Jesus, that's a fun fact. Yeah, yeah that, that like, is a fun that fact. That guy looks really familiar. Yeah. First of all, yeah, there- there's a there's one of the chicks that works in the police station, and I'm like, is she famous? Like, is she someone I should know? Because she yeah. has that kind of look to her. She's not, but you know, whatever. Maybe she was on like Eastenders back in the day. Another shout out to David Irons. Uh, He knows what Eastenders (laughs) is. If he doesn't, you should know. That's cool, man. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. You want to hear another fun fact? Please. Yes.
0: I've never seen Bill and Ted's bogus journey. You're not missing much.
2: (laughs) Oh, right now, right now. Someone's going first. You just crawl. Now you're just bogus. I'm out. Come (laughs) on. (laughs) Sorry. Like bogus is not that great. It's not that great. It's not that great. It's flawed. Honestly,
0: like, I liked Bill and Ted's as a kid, but like, it wasn't, it wasn't my steez, honestly. Like, like I, you know, I remember the cartoon and everything, but I was always like, nah, I, I couldn't relate. I, I didn't under, I was East Coast, right? I was, I was from the East Coast and I kind of just couldn't relate to the whole San Dimas thing.
2: Oh man, that that theme song for the cartoon Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, so audacious, <laughs> so outrageous. Yeah. Na, 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 na. Uh, first of all, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure still holds up the original, uh, minus a few things where you're like, "Ooh, you can't say that anymore. That is definitely not politically correct. Yeah, uh, it's just not super insensitive." Anyways the second one the second one is kind of meh the first one the soundtrack is killer everything about the first one i love except for a few questionable scenes but dude yeah i love that movie i understand it's not necessarily relatable to people who don't live on the west coast any back in the day back Uh, in the day yeah but uh yeah dude yeah people are gonna be like oh my god bogus and crow next thing you know you're gonna tell us that dragon slayer is not that good that's not
0: (laughs) (laughs) dot 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 it's not (laughs) Sorry.
1: <laughs> oh shit.
0: Alright, man. You wanna you wanna get into split second?
2: I do, but I will say this quake possibly could be one of our most controversial episodes ever. <laughs> it's the tequila, everyone. It's the te- it's the tequila. <laughs>
0: Keep it spicy!
3: <laughs> I unloaded a full clip 450 Magnum. Point blank, it disappeared. He can hear its heartbeat. Where he go? He knows it's out there. Somebody must have seen something. He knows what it can do. Are you telling me? There's something running around loose in this city. Ripping the heart out of people and eating them. Maybe he eats them for breakfast. Now, it's really pissing him off.
1: Foster!
3: And his new partner... I work alone. ...makes two paranoid people with guns are a menace to society you'd be paranoid too if you had a dipshit like this following you stock of nonos and serial homicide oh terrific it has no motive the only thing we know for sure is that he's not a vegetarian it has the dna structure of all its victims it gives no warning you ready to die but one thing's for certain we're gonna get bigger guns! It ain't no pushover. Two, yeah! Bingo! We wanna to get to Cannon Street. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, we do. Boy, are you pushy? Ollie! I wouldn't say this thing thinks it's Satan. I'd say it is Satan.
0: Rap, bastard! it! Satan is a deep shit.
1: Five seconds. Okay. Three.
3: Two. <gasps> Rutger Hauer. Split second. Nice timing. Split second.
0: All right. Split second, nineteen ninety-two. The movie opens, and it says, London, 2008. Ah, I love near-future movies that we are now past in the timeline of reality.
2: Yeah, me too. I'm like, oh, 2008, <laughs> that was so long ago. Can I, can I say this really quick? Yeah. Because you said 2008. So uh, the movie, yeah, it says 2008, and it's got this really cool red font for the, um, for the titles. Yeah. And then they f- flash split-second. And I'm like, ooh, did they just like badly Photoshop that in before yeah. Photoshop even existed?
0: Yeah. That was a it it's a very it's it's not the best uh, title card for for the yeah it, it's like and it doesn't fill the screen like it kind of sits in the middle with split on the top and second on the bottom and you're like yeah. you know this movie's in widescreen so like you can put the the words next to each other and it would probably look better so like so the titling like the font that they use looks like shit whatever weird you know accoutrements and, and design aesthetics they put on the, the two words look like shit and then they put they stack split and second on top of each other. And that looks like shit. So everything about the title card looks like shit.
2: Yeah. And it's really a bummer because that's not, that's something that should be easily fixed. Yeah.
0: And it's such a name that could have lent itself to, like, streaking across the screen or, like, coming from two different sides and, like, meeting in the middle, you know, the split in the second. Yeah, no, completely lazy. But knowing that the biggest problem with this film is its production time. Like, they had about, I think, three weeks from getting the green light until they had to start filming. Like, so... Post Pre-production about three weeks, which for a movie that is like post-apocalyptic type or near future type with a monster design and like high concept, you know, aesthetics, design aesthetics, three weeks is no time whatsoever. That is also one of the reasons that the creature looks the way it does because there was no, like, nothing in the script saying what it was supposed to look like. And so the, the guy, shit, we should have talked about the guy who did, uh... Who designed the creature? The special effects guy in this movie. He went off. He went on to direct uh, Blade. He went on to, and then he he ended his career with uh, directing um, uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa,
2: whoa, whoa! So the guy who did the FX, I didn't dig that deep. The guy who did the FX for this movie directed Blade.
0: Uh, yes um, it is uh, Stephen N- uh, Norrington, Norrington? Uh, who I believe also did the uh, uh, the um, special effects for I believe gremlins and and so, he was a very high Holy profile uh, special effects guy and but he had no time you know for this movie so <laughs> they well, all joked
2: considered he did a great job
0: yeah yeah and, and they joked that he was just like yeah I mean I, aliens was huge at the time obviously like you know it only came out like four or five years earlier. Uh, Predator was big. So he just kind of hodgepodge it, threw it together, and they kind of joke about that behind the scenes, the the producer and everything. They kind of say it was uninspired. I think it was. I thought it was actually kind of cool looking. But that's who did the special effects work, and we should have mentioned that during the uh, the opening part.
2: Yeah, that's my bad. Well, my no, no, that's favorite.
0: okay. It's and it doesn't kind of show up easily on IMDb. Despite, like, like when you start getting into more specific stuff like production designer, it's not as easy to, to find on on the app, you know?
2: Yeah, and I will say. IMDB kind of sucks now because I don't know if you're encountering this on your phone, but they'll ask you to like sign in. Yeah. You know, everything's trying to track you now. Yeah, I'm not I'm not
0: signing in to fucking I'm not fucking signing up for IMDB. I don't need another goddamn thing selling my my data to to Russia. You're fucking IMDB. You do not need my goddamn Fucking email address.
2: Yeah. So stop with the whole like sign yeah. in and then you gotta no. go back and then no. blah, 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 blah. so Wikipedia, by the way, is is seems to be pretty decent on that note. Um but yeah, no, that's a really cool fun fact. I did not know that. And I will say so the title name of the film refers more into the production timeline that they had versus the actual Plot of the film because split yeah. second has nothing to do with anything in the movie. I,
0: yeah, I know because the the original name for the film was Pentagram, which uh, clearly sucks, and yep. so uh, they they went with something but else after they retooled it. So makes
2: a little more sense. It makes yeah. a little more sense considering, and I know like. It was on the heels of the the first power with Lou Diamond Phillips.
0: Yes. Yeah, so apparently the the first draft of the script was way too first power esque, way too yeah. similar. So when he retooled it and put it in London because it was originally supposed to take place in L.A. and uh, and just had yeah I think the killer was going to be more normal. So he kind of retooled some things and then uh, Rutger Howard just loved it for for some reason. He probably saw the blank slate that he could sort of you know create in and and put his pigeons in.
2: Well, and I love that, you know, Harrison Ford was originally considered for, yeah. wa- they wanted Harrison so Rucker's yeah, not like, happen. well, you know what, I've, <laughs> why do I sound like Ronald Reagan? Well, let me tell you, I <laughs> really want to be in this movie. Uh, this is my Rutger Hauer voice for the rest of the movie. For the rest of the podcast. <laughs> oh, tequila,
0: <okay>. tequila, yay! <laughs> um, there is a like a, a a sort of a crawl, opening crawl at the beginning. I'll just uh, read it because it's it's so short. Um, After forty days and nights of uh, torrential rain, the city is largely submerged below water as a result of the devastating effects of continued global warming. The warnings ignored for decades. Have have now resulted in unheard of levels of pollution, where day has become almost endless night again. So I'm, I'm recording this and breaking this down as uh, my my neighborhood looks like Silent Hill, and and everything is burning, and and global warming is happening. And I'm like, wow, split second, you kind of uh, you kind of knew what knew what was coming, didn't you?
2: <laughs> yeah, look, dude, I actually really dig the uh, the the scroll what did you call it crawl crawl
0: the opening crawl
2: don't just crawl bro no i i dig that i think it's really fucking cool dude i think that um i love the premise i already love the setup the setup is great setup's great
0: yeah that is going to be one of the things that i 'm going to enjoy a lot in this movie is the world building, as we know that is something that I absolutely love, and some places it it might be lacking, but I say, you know what that's uh, those are places that 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 the filmmakers are allowing my imagination to run rampant, and that 's the kind of shit that I like so but all of this kind of opens uh, up over a shot of a police. Hovercraft boat, um, driving up what I assume, because I don't know London that well, I assume that the river they are driving up is the Thames, the Thames, uh, T-H-A-M-E-S. I think it's Thames. Um, I Thames, think that was the yes. River Thames. Yeah. And uh, so it's just it's kind of establishing, you know, the wetness of it. Uh, then we kind of get an actual shot of, like a real shot of the opening of the movie. And that's uh, Har- Harley Stone, a.k.a. Rutger Hauer, doing his just, you know, just that shot of getting ready, getting all of his gear on, walking out into the camera shot with the light behind him, you know, just the, the hero's shot basically and I was like all right I'm on board right out of the gate because I love me some hard-boiled detectives baby
2: I love hard-boiled detectives and I love Rutger Hauer I mean Rutger Hauer yeah. has a really interesting look uh um, you know he and really so does much like, fun
0: to watch every part of this movie whenever he's doing I never as, as B movie as this is I am always captivated by Rutger Hauer in it
2: yeah like I'm just gonna throw it out there already
1: yeah
2: flaws aside there's so much to love about this movie so much to love so as much as i shit on certain scenes which i'm definitely going to um and you have to it's like it's such it's such a cool uh energy about it and i will say this reminds me okay so let's go back to the 90s really quick the 90s were all about like everything was cliche at this point From the 80s they were just biting off the 80s so they were trying to do like fun kind of quick cuts and cool shit to look innovative but yet they were still maintaining the same old tropes that we saw in the 80s so the buddy cop movie everything was like wisecracks and one-liners you know I come in peace and uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo are the first two that come to mind where, like, I wanted to like it so much more, but there were, like, so many stupid, like, little side notes or laughing where the cops were, like, laughing when they should be shocked by what's going on. yeah. Scared, And you're like, no, fuck you guys. Like, this is supposed to be an intimidating scene. You should not be laughing about something that happened or, like, busting each other's balls. This movie has that piece where that bugs the shit out of me.
0: Yeah. No, I, but, I get it in specifically the scene later where Kim Katrug gets bit and he's like, it's okay. I called the, uh, I called the paramedics. I'm like, she has yeah. gaping holes in her arm, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. And I know what you mean. And, and, and yes, I, I am. Aw- <laughs> and as much as I do enjoy this movie, I am aware of when it dips, you know, but you nailed it. The thing that I couldn't put my finger on. There is an energy and a love that you can tell is happening behind the scenes. Yeah, I think totally, specifically totally. between Alistair Duncan and Rutger Hauer. Yeah, um, there is something there that it just it comes off on screen, and that's what kind of brings the movie f- out from the shithole, you know, upwards. Um, you know, f- honestly, and the production design too. I, I think the I think the look of this film is pretty damn cool.
2: Yeah, I I I, I love. Um and just to 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 button up my thought i just i just love i yeah i love that hard boiledness too where they're just like yeah let's do this and you are like okay it's going to be chill it's going to be cheesy it's going to be silly it's going to be ham-handed at times let's just fucking have fun and like see what happens
0: yeah and, and you're 100% correct like I, this movie reminded me that i just i grew up watching cop shows with my dad and yeah. i love cheesy hard-boiled cops like you know chow yun fat movies like hard-boiled you know like i like the over top shit where they're acting so cool that it's just it's it's like it's painful because it's it's just it's so sort of overacting but at the same time i eat it up man i'm like i fucking love it so much
2: and you just reminded me too like i love it so much as well and i love i go back to a movie of Rucker Howard's that doesn't get mentioned all that often wanted dead or alive. Mm, Okay. I remember, I remember the the poster for that, which is based on a old school TV show with Steve McQueen, but it's not really, um, it it, like, I saw that I saw him in that. And I thought, and I said, he's going to be the next punisher. Like that's the punisher. He Mm. literally has the punisher assortment of weapons in his cash and all that shit. Um, So when this movie came out, I thought, "Holy shit, is this gonna be his like Punisher reveal?" Yeah. And this has, uh, this reminds me a little bit of the transfer or the Full Moon movie, uh, Doll Man. Yeah. Where the where the production value is so low, and you're like, "Man, is that what's making this feel kind of cheesy?" Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or you know, it's it's Rutger Hauer's shoulder pads that's feeling kind of (laughs) cheesy.
2: Yeah, and probably his girdle that he's wearing too. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but
0: God, he's still he's still amazing. Even when still he's badass. kind of frumpy, he's still fucking amazing. It's yeah, it's insane.
2: He, yeah, no, 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 no disrespect at all. No, probably. no, he's
0: he's still Rutger fucking Hauer, man. Like he just he
2: can't he's still stop the hobo with Hauer. a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. oh god damn
0: alright so we get some more like some some establishing shot of the police station when you know when he leaves it there's another hovercraft coming in because there's like uh, about two inches of water everywhere it's interesting because I feel like they wanted more water but there's enough to just make it feel like man this sucks like if you lived in that situation you would just have to be like this sucks all the time because there's like just an inch of water on the ground at all points in time I thought that was really fucking cool to be honest with you
2: I thought it was cool too. And at the same time, I was like, that's a lot of water they're wasting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they said, said,
0: well, they said in the behind the scenes, like, honestly, all they did was put up, uh, put some sandbags around like the gaps. And they said they just took a hose and filled up the set and like, you know, like an inch or two. And they were like, (laughs) that was was it. It was easy peasy. (laughs) That's such a waste of water. I I think well I think I think in London London water's not an issue with with the Thames right there but um uh, I I think of all the production stuff about this movie the easiest thing for them to accomplish was making the wet look happen
2: yeah no, weirdly no, that, enough that that makes sense that makes sense
0: yeah. Um, as he's pulling out, we hear over the police band that attention all units, be on the lookout for Detective Stone. He's armed and dangerous. Bring him in if you see him. Although, you know, you know where he lives, his apartment and everything. You could always just go there. But okay. And he was just at the police station, but that's fine. He's hardcore. You got to bring him in. Um, he's, he's hardcore, but this- he
2: has posters on his wall of fucking Harley Davidson. It would be like you and I having posters all over our wall that just say, Zach. Corey. Zach, <laughs> I know, right? Corey. I know, right? I know. But don't make fun of I my need, name.
0: I, I, <laughs> I do need a poster of, uh, of Corey in here, I think. <laughs> well, um,
2: if, you get the, if you get the podcasting after dark uh, yeah, print by dad. our good boy, our good brother, uh, Dan Parker Doodles, Yep, that you can get on tpublic.com uh, and our merch page on our website. That's
0: right. That's right. Uh, Podcastingafterdark.com slash merch.
2: You'd have a picture of Corey and me on your wall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. staring well, at you that will i'd be staring at you with fo- red sure.
0: eyes <laughs> mm-hmm. uh we cut to him driving through the city um we also see detective dick durkins uh we don't know his name at the time but he's trailing uh, De- uh, detective stone and he's kind of reporting back to captain thrasher uh we get some like <laughs> world i know right I, know. Like, I can't handle that
3: <laughs> We like get some GI uh, joe name dude
0: it does. It does. We get some world building, you know, just how the you know, the U uh, the US uh blocks some kind of resolution that the UN is doing about global warming, and I'm like, "Huh, that sounds uh, about like <laughs> yeah, us that too as well." About right.
2: Yep. Unfortunately.
0: It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um Detective Stone arrives at the seedy nightclub called JJ's. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he he walks in and it's like a it's like a dance like an S and M sort of dance club but like yeah. right away I was like oh there's a shot of like you know some boobs and some TNA dancing <laughs> on the thing and I was like oh yeah oh yeah split second I I don't remember if there's any boobs in this movie because I've only seen it once or twice so you know this is all new to me at this point
2: it's interesting because she's kind of like covering herself up in one sense and i'm like why are you covering yourself up you know i think and then that was a sexy dance i think so and then she starts mouthing the lyrics to this the song uh thank god for also shout out to mvd for fucking putting subtitles on a Ye- blu-ray uh yes. thank you it, but but uh <laughs> I, she was mouthing the lyrics to that weird snm song or whatever that's playing and i'm just like cool cool sure. Uh-
0: Real quick side shout out to MVD. You misspelled uh, Durkin's name twice in the <laughs> subtitles. Yeah, I did. <laughs> sometimes they spelled it d-u-r and sometimes they spelled it d-e-r but in the imdb the character's name is d-u-r so i'm like i because i looked up one time from taking notes it's like did they just spell that d-e-r okay okay (laughs) i see where you're coming from mvd now i will say we don't know if that's for sure mvd's you know fault they we don't i don't know how honestly uh subtitles are made i don't know if they're third party i don't know if they get them from somebody else or what but uh Go check those. <laughs> go double check those. Go, go, um, go
2: fix that. But I, I also wanted to point out too, really quick, the, 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 the bar, JJ's, uh, the, the dog. When the bouncer's like, you know, won't let him in, and the dog kind of, uh, chills out around him. Right? Yeah yeah so well the the, the dog's
0: boy he first walks in and then the dog kind of stops him first and then he just he shows his uh badge to the dog and is like i'm a i'm a cop dickhead and then the 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 owner guy opens the door but like i was like yeah i thought this was going to be like a movie where maybe it's so far in the future that like dogs are cybernetic and they can talk or something you know well i thought it might have been
2: i thought it might might have been junkyard from gi joe you you remember what yeah of course of course yeah, yeah, of course, because I'm like, oh, junkyard responds to all that shit. Maybe it's junkyard. I know <laughs> he's a character <laughs>
0: um, in the club. You know, the, the someone comes up to him, they're like, two drink minimum, and he's like, he orders two coffee. So uh, his character is his character's business is that he is addicted to caffeine. So he's always smoking a cigar. He's always drinking coffee. And He's always eating raw raws, which we later find out are some sort of chocolatey donut scenario that we think we <laughs> Zach and I two guys from the States think is a UK thing could just be made up for this movie we have no fucking clue
2: yeah, David, you're going to have to answer that one for us. But I <laughs> will say, apparently they work, as, they work as magnets on your yes, refrigerator. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> uh, he goes to the back of the club and he, he makes, a, makes a phone call. Um, on the other end, he's talking to, uh, I think it's, I think he's talking to Pete Postawitz's character on the other end. There There's a subplot going on where, where Pete's, character was also best friends with uh uh, detective stone's partner that gets killed by the creature this is all backstory that'll come in a little bit but i do believe that that was him calling uh uh, pete Postawaith's character on the phone but as he's on the phone there's a, a really pretty model lady and she was apparently at the time a very famous uh model and the the corset shirt that she's wearing is also weirdly famous and there're only three at the time and I only know this because one of the guys not not Stephen Norrington uh, but someone else who worked on the special effects in the movie he he remarked how how famous she was, and he had to do the the chest cast for her, um, and he had to cut up that one uh, shirt, and he was like, he felt terrible for it because it was like uh, couture, like he he knew what it was, like he knew there were only three of them, and it was famous. He felt bad about it. Then apparently they fucked up the shot with her death, and he had to cut up the second one uh, of that shirt uh, to kind of like fix it, or they got blood on it or what, whatever. But um, so she apparently is a famous model which at the time you know i'm watching it i'm like why is the camera so kind of like like you said earlier with something you are referring to you're like am i supposed to know this person like yeah. why are, why is the camera why is the movie language telling me that i'm supposed to know who she is but um Uh, but her you know real life aside she just asks uh you know rutger howard stone to kind of watch the door while she goes and and uses the bathroom and then she's like don't be a perv now you know and like peek on me although she's clearly like flirting with him and another trope that i love is clearly old guys that you know have to like in the script it makes them so that the girls all like them but in real life they're they wouldn't, you know what I mean? Because he's clearly 20 years older than this model girl. And if he wasn't just Rutger Hauer and he was just some dude, she wouldn't be hitting on him like that.
2: Nope. And I love how she's like, I have to pee. And I'm like, okay, details. Uh, (laughs) TMI. It reminded me of this time I was in San Francisco and I was waiting in this bar to go to the bathroom. And this girl, like that girl, walked past me and she goes – sorry guys i gotta go to the bathroom and like cuts in front of me and then goes in the bathroom i was with my buddy terry and she gets in the bathroom closes the door i'm like wait what the fuck just happened what and i really had to, i really had to pee so i'm like banging on the door like come on let
1: me in let me (laughs) right
2: yeah oh oh, and and then she opens up the door and brings her friend in close and she laughs at me oh i'm just like (laughs) you (laughs) know what First of all, you're not that cool. And second of all, like this is bullshit. So I'm pounding on the door. Uh, the bar- bouncer comes over, throws me out, yep. and the girls come out of That's, the bathroom because I'm yeah, I'm the dick. You know. Yep,
0: yep. I mean, why would why would a bouncer want to keep a guy there? Like he's not going to throw the girl out. That's never yeah, gonna
2: happen. And, and it's two girls, so you know. And I'm just yep. like, I was throwing a fucking fit. I've never been thrown out of a bar in my entire life. First time, only time. And uh, and it just rem- this scene brought me back where I'm like. You keep an eye on me. Like, what, what, don't be a perv. Like, fuck you. You kind of deserve to die. Spoiler. Spoiler. Well, the
0: good news is the, the, the dog barking that that Stone, <laughs> yes. you know, is clearly friends with. The dog barking kind of distracts you. Junkyard? Him. Junker. Yeah, Joe, yes. as Junkard is do- barking, uh, uh, kind of distracts uh, Stone away. And we do get a couple shots, POV shots, of, of the killer, uh, which is kind of weird cool. because it is cool. But at the same time, the killer is like nine feet tall and the camera is clearly at normal human eye level.
2: Semantics. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, who cares uh, so, about
2: continuity in a movie like this, right? Yay. yeah
0: no it doesn't matter it doesn't matter um
2: it should but but
0: uh, as so, so stone walks away from from the bathroom uh, to go investigate what that was, and as that's happening, we get a shot of the girl in the bathroom real close up shot she's looking over her shoulder, looking terrified, you hear like you know you hear some noise and everything everything, so you know the killer is in there then outside in the club, stone hears a scream from the bathroom, so he knows and he goes running back through the door, bust through the door to find the blonde on the floor with her heart and chest completely ripped out. I totally dig that shot of her on the ground. I mean, her Dude, chest is fucked up. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's it's a cool gore scene. It's to, that, totally cool. I And I, yeah. I love how IMDb was like, hmm, what this movie has going for it is an excessive amount of gore. I'm like, actually, it's not that excessive. It's not
0: that excessive, really. Really not. <laughs> no. But I
2: will say that scene is pretty fucking money what mm-hmm. Rucker Howard ends up doing right after I'm like that's kind of odd especially as a cop you're a cop. Yeah,
0: yeah, so he he lay like bends down over her, puts his giant leather jacket on her to kind of cover <laughs> yeah. her up, kind of like brushes her forehead. It almost like felt like yeah, they dude. should have had much more of a flirtatious interaction. Like, you know, maybe like you know, like a longer conversation and he kind of maybe even liked her, but it didn't, you didn't get any of that, you know, you, but you could just say, okay, he feels bad for her, but um, yeah, yeah it is weird. And I was like, he's, he's yeah. And uh, he looks up and sees uh, in blood on the mirror, says I'm back. And he goes running out into the club. He's like, you know, somebody saw something because clearly, because the cl- killer moved in and out I, very easily, you know? um, yeah. So someone must've seen something. He's waving his, gun in everybody's face and then he finally waves his gun in the the owner's face which i liked how the guy who played the owner the guy who played jj he's i i don't forgot his name offhand uh the actor but he's apparently another kind of like a good actor you know like another quote unquote good actor (laughs) yeah like a stage (laughs) actor or something like again another actor that you're like why are you in this movie type of thing but uh, i loved how he just stared down uh you know rutger Hauer with the gun you know i thought that was Again, his performance was better than than it needed to be on on that small time uh, character. But then Rutger Hauer eventually bends down to the dog and he's like, "You saw something, didn't you, dickhead?" And and you know and and the fact that he says, um, I, well, "The first time I watched it, I was like, why does it matter?'" But then he mumbles, he says, "Like because you see." Because you saw it means I'm not crazy. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's why he cares that other people, I guess, see it. Because there's that girl later, you know, that little girl he asks if you, if you see it. Yes. But this is one of those weird little character threads that you would think would have, like, led to something. Him being like, did you see something? Like, they, they do it twice. You're expecting it to be a third time because that's the rule in movies. And it doesn't really go anywhere because no. I felt like the, the threat of people not believing him that there's a killer out there that from the get go, they believe him. You know what I mean? Like like from the get go, it doesn't seem like there's any kind of question that there's a killer out there. So I didn't feel like I didn't know what he needed to kind of get that reassurance from, you know?
2: Yeah, it's a really weak. It's a weird. I almost said weak. Uh, it's a really weird scene because there's been a murder. And he comes out to find the killer, which is a nine foot tall demon, um, and 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 which miraculously disappears. I guess all well, these things considered, or jumps out a window. Who knows how the fuck it got? It got away. But the fact that it's just kind of like, I, I I dig that he he's 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 got like PTSD. And he's got the link, the psychic link, right? That we're about to find out pretty soon, yeah. And which causes like the paranoia and shit like that, and looks like he's gonna have a heart attack. Yeah, it's 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 like a very, it's a stumbling scene, I guess. Oh,
0: good ah good buddy that's really good that's i like that a lot yeah there's yes, there's just <laughs> you got there. there you got there but yeah you're <laughs> trying, right it dude. Just, trying. It's, it's 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 trying to run but it's kind of stumbling a little bit um but it also at the same time all the things you just rattled off this movie's trying to deal with a lot of things and and maybe it's just It kind of sometimes not always sometimes and i think this is the time it sort of gets bogged down with its high concepts right Um, it's got a great i
2: I will say it's got a great fucking high concept i love it i absolutely love it in fact i used to dream about it and i feel like the dream might have been connected to this movie um but yeah it's like the too many threads
0: yeah it's like yeah you you got on top of everything you got this high concept and then you start throwing in all these little threads and not all of them go different places but um and yeah we're we're talking about just in this case about talking to the dog but it kind of pertains to the overall vibe of this movie you know that's kind of a a a problem that runs through the entire thing you got fantastic concepts that aren't always executed very well but um yeah he's got his paranoia and uh but but him bending down to talk to the dog did allow him to see the trail of blood on the ground so he kind of uh, follows that you know out, out, out outside out the back he can also hear the killer's heartbeat or it's like, you don't know if it's like his, but there's like this heartbeat element that's starting to come into play. And, and you're, you're, you know, you're just getting all the pieces right now, you know? And, uh, so he follows him out the back door. Uh, Durkins comes up right behind him and he's like, Police and because you got to remember, uh, Rutger Hauer doesn't know or Stone doesn't know who Durkins is then. But he comes up right through the door behind him, says, "Police!" I love how I love Stone too. pushes him yeah. back into the club <laughs> and just closes the door. Yeah. You know, like, I love yeah, it. It's great. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's a um, great
2: introduction to such a, like a an odd character. Yeah.
0: Yeah yeah and uh you know then you just kind of get that you, you see some blood he knows the creature somewhere but he doesn't know where he is and the kind of you know, the camera kind of z- pulls back and you see the alley and everything and he's like looking out over it, and he's like i'll find you you know type of thing so you know like it led to a, a a dead end so hey everybody Corey here i just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages
3: October 31st, 1981. It's the night of the party at Jerry's Arcade. It's the night all the kids have been waiting for. It's the night they have been waiting for. There's a new game at the arcade. It's killer. Polybius. David Irons, the Rider of Nightwaves, the real terror begins. Polybius. Available now from Severed Press. And now,
0: back to the show. And now we're, uh, let's see, on a police boat. uh, Again, probably on the the River Thames, because it's the only river name that I know in London. I don't know if there's multiple rivers, but okay. David,
2: where are you? David's like, (laughs) when am I going to be in... On your fucking show to break down a movie.
0: He's never gonna be our friend after your <laughs> after your uh, terrible impression.
2: I'm just, uh, bro. I'm so sorry, bro. That.
0: Tequila, bro. <laughs> tequila. <laughs>
2: Cut water. Um, <laughs> um,
0: and this, and dude, this is like so, like three 101s. <laughs> exposition character exposition 101 in this scene Hard-boiled cop 101 in this c- dialogue in this scene <laughs> yeah. it's just it's and it, 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 there's a third one i can't remember but uh it's just like it was it's this scene is so cliche um yeah. yet yet because you have two fantastic fucking actors it yes. works but uh Durkins is talking to Thra- Thrasher again <laughs> uh, about, you know, about Stone, and, uh, you know, I, and I actually just kind of wrote down the dialogues. so I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna write it down. Durkins was like, he was a raving lunatic. It took four officers to subdue him, you know, he's in lockup now. What happened to him? And, of course, now Thrasher gives him the backstory, right? Full-on backstory, the whole fucking thing, like, a serial killer killed, you know, his partner Foster three years ago. He was there when it happens. You know, he feels guilty because of it, and he, had, he also had an affair with Foster's wife, and he's uh, he goes, uh, he left her, hit the booze, went over the edge, and uh, now he lives on anxiety, coffee, and chocolate. He's worked in every hellhole in the world and been fired from all of them. And then Durkin says, They say he's the best, and Thrasher goes, He is, and dude. The dude. most cliche dude. fucking dialogue that is <laughs> just—they nail it. They do it. I mean, you have to imagine that both of the actors were like, "Are we really reading this?" But dude, they're a. I mean, they are fucking good actors, so they fucking nail it. But this this scene, this scene should be fucking you know watched in in movie or, or film one hundred and one as to I don't know how and not how to to, to do a like a backstory exposition. You know?
2: But, yeah, like, dude. They, yeah. Yeah, they they, they work their asses off. I will give you that. They, yes, the acting, the act, like the actors work their asses off <laughs> with a script that is. Let's be honest, it's it's just not very good. Like to give that much, you have to write out all uh, it, that whole scene. I'm like, oh, well, thanks for laying it out for me. Yeah, you know? they just
0: laid it out right there. And honestly, man, at this point, you know what I'm kind of thinking of? I'm thinking uh, Danny Glover's character from Predator Two. Like they're kind of like the same type of character. And I felt like with the whole thing, like he's worked in every hellhole in the world and been fired from all of them. Like it just sounds exactly like something that would be said about Danny Glover's character in Predator 2.
2: Yeah, th- this this reminds me of, what was the last Predators movie that came out that Shane Black directed? The pre- What was oh, it called? Nah, the Predator. Yeah,
0: I think that was The Predator. Yeah, yeah,
2: which, which was terrible. I'm sorry, yeah, I didn't it was like fucking it. terrible. It just reminded me of that. And like, it just felt really lazy. Like, come on, because they bring up Let's let's not forget the fact that, that in this movie, they bring up the fact that they had an affair several times. They bring up the fact that he's killed, his, uh, that he died, his partner died when he was with him several times. Like, it gets brought up again and again and again, probably three or four times in this movie. And I'm just like, do you really need to bring it up that many times when you've already laid it out in the beginning of the movie? No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say no.
0: Cut to Stone in lockup, yelling at the, yelling at the bars, and like ah going crazy, kind of like <laughs> yeah, a, like yeah. an yeah, like an animal caged. That's how it's you know it's supposed to be. Um, then we kind of cut to you know Stone. He's getting his gun and badge back from I'll call him again the quartermaster, So Crates Johnson. And I was like, hey, So Crates, that's right. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I mean... uh, we and then we get a cool layout of the police station. I like I like futuristic police stations where they try to make it look kind of neat, you know.
2: Yeah, it reminded me of uh this the set design is really good actually. Yeah. Uh, and it re- reminded me the the of, of RoboCop in the um in the precinct
1: anyways. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, a little bit like I'd say like yeah, a little bit more secured version of RoboCop, like meaning there's like more fences and stuff, but yeah, yeah. overall kind of had that vibe, but um I dude, the set design in this movie is really fucking good. Again, it's- better yeah. than it needs to be better than it has any right to be how about that yeah
2: it is really it is really good and throughout the entire movie and yeah. and and, and yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's a highlight <laughs> depending on on your you know who you are it could be one of the few highlights or one of kind of a few
2: <laughs> yeah like th- this movie this movie is a roller coaster in every sense where you're like yeah. woo, uh, yeah woo, because because we're,
0: uh. we're about to get another roller coaster when you know he's walking through the precinct we see him getting his uh, cup of coffee that's like you know half sugar but then we see yeah. uh then then pete pasta gives him shit for for you know he says he's like back and you know he's like what are you doing back but it, but i was like Pete Pastaweith I forgot you were in this like right when I saw him my heart like literally grew five times you know, whatever the Grinch thing was like it grew and I was like yeah. oh god I miss you so much dude I fucking god I forgot how amazing of an actor he is and again has no right being in this movie whatsoever
2: I remember when Usual Suspects came out and everybody's like, Oh, who is this guy? And you're like, No, wait, yo. He's actually been in shit way before Usual Suspects and he's fortunately was in stuff way after that too. Yeah. And
0: he was he was his character was cool in uh the second Jurassic Park movie, the the Lost World one.
2: One of the highlights.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was he was the wasn't he like what the hunter sort of in that yeah. one? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he was – man, he's fucking awesome in everything he does, man. R.I.P. Yeah,
2: and, and, and they kind of – and I will say they kind of paint him out – like, they paint out Harley to be this cool, like, grizzled guy. You're supposed to identify with him and like him, obviously, because he's the lead. But Pete Postlewaite, as we're going to find out later on in the movie, like, it makes sense that he's upset with yeah. Harley.
0: Yeah, he fucking hates Harley because you find out later that that Foster was was not only just Harley's best friend, but he was also fucking Pete's best friend, which means I guarantee you, like, at some point... They probably like were sort of friends, or like you know that they hang out together, all together. But now their friendship is completely shattered. Uh, almost uh, not unlike the ending of you know Summer of '84, like how friendships just get shattered when somebody dies. Uh, go, oh, watch nice. our, uh, go watch our, go watch our, listen to our review of Summer of '84. But uh, by the way, we
2: have a great surprise coming up in a few, few uh, in a month, not a month. <laughs> yes, you want to subscribe yes, <laughs> yep. yes, to our Patreon? Exclusive. Yes, just same. subscribe
0: to our Patreon, and you will. Hear the surprise,
2: but no, no, no. I will, I will say to the really quick about Popsilwa's character. Like he, he's cliche in that he's the guy that gets punched. You know, he's always that like oh, you put a banana on our tailpipe kind of thing. Yeah. We're like, oh, you want to just knock this guy in the face, and they descri- and they put him out that way. But he's not that guy. No, that's- like you talk about backstory. You're the fucking king of backstory. Yep. Uh, uh, world building. I built this world with those characters. Harley's partner getting married to Michelle, and at the wedding, and maybe Harley's like the best man, and Pete possibly or Pete possibly's character is the best man, and they're there. Then you know later on, Harley's uh, having an affair with the uh, with, yeah you know
0: yeah I mean, you like, I know and P-, P yes exactly exactly dude. I am 100% with you. This movie tells us that Pete Pastaweith is like, you know, a minor antagonist to our protagonist. But in actuality, our protagonist is the a-hole, and he is probably just a normal dude that fucking just hates our protagonist because he fucking got his best friend killed and had an affair with his best friend's wife. You know, like yes. And and like later when when you know, he uh, Richter Howard gives him an order and be like, "Yo, go, you know, yes. go take this down there." And he's like, just "Fuck gonna say you. That. I'm not going to I don't like fucking work for you, you know?" So, yeah, I dude, but dude, 100% with you, buddy.
2: 100%. He does his fucking job.
0: Yes. Yes, he does. That's what's even Fuck, dude. <laughs> You're right, Pete. Post- yeah, we'll we'll talk about it when we get there, but we're on it now. Yes, he's such an awesome uh, character that like he Paulson. fucking gets Paulson. shat Paulson. on by fucking De- Detective Stone, and he, he even pushes back. Like he tries to like push back and stand his ground. And because it's fucking Detective Stone's movie, like you know, Detective Stone has to win. But here's the thing, like you said, Pete Postawait's character he still fucking does it. He still does his job. He does the right thing. And he does I, yes. take the, the thing in to get it, it, it checked in the evidence, checked the in gun. and all that kind of yeah. stuff yeah. begrudgingly. But he did it because he's a fucking professional. Damn, dude. Boom. I love you, buddy. Boom. Drop
2: that mic. You know what?
0: Keep <laughs> Pasta Wade's character is the best part of the movie and we're out, guys. End of episode. Sorry. <laughs> uh, subscribe
2: to our Patreon and...
0: <laughs> yeah, subscribe to our Patreon. We have, we have more episodes than this one and <laughs> they're a lot longer. Um, of course... Stone gets called into Thrasher's office, and uh, and Thrasher, Thrasher. Just starts giving Stone shit like right out of the gate about his
2: big ass gun. Can you also sorry when you, from now on can you when you refer to Thrasher can you say Thrasher?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, let me start from the top. And then Stone gets called into Thrasher's office. <laughs> did you now? Did you notice that when 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 Harley Stone is in there? thrasher's like saying like what the fuck's up with this gun but he's fucking pointing it right at his face like yeah that's... dude <laughs> he's pointing it
2: at his face with his finger big on the yeah. Yes, it's... <laughs> and i i do want to point out too uh, back to the effects and the prop makers that gun is killer the weapons yeah. in this are fucking awesome they're like they are gi joe weapons another gi joe reference yeah. it is straight up not the not the cartoon but i'm talking about the figures badass weapons they yeah. look so cool yeah, no, but yeah. So,
0: so many movies that we see that like they try to show us an awesome ass gun, and, and it just it not. Sometimes they don't look awesome. Sometimes they're not quite as cool as you want. Every single gun in this movie is fucking awesome. It looks great,
2: and they use them. Unlike mm-hmm. there was a, I, I'm, I'm blanking right now, but there was a movie that we 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 reviewed where we complained uh, about uh, the gun. Cy- cyborg, cyborg. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Perfect. Yep. Yes. Yep. And this is, here is your perfect example of a movie that is on the mm-hmm. same level of Cyborg. I would actually put it above Cyborg's level, to be honest with you. Oh. Guaranteed. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about the fact, that, and, and one of the reasons why I put it above Cyborg is because you take a badass weapon and you actually use the weapon. You show it off mm-hmm. throughout the movie, how fucking cool it is. It's a cartoon. It's a character. Yeah. The weapon is, when a weapon is that prominent, it is another character in the movie, right? Yeah. It's like and I'm, people are gonna be like, "Holy shit, you gave this movie two shout shout-outs in a row." I come in peace. He's got that fucking uh, CD gun. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah.
2: Right, like or uh, and he's got that spike in it and shit like that. Or term uh, RoboCop, you know, yeah. the gun was a fucking other character in the movie. Yes.
0: Yes. The the yes and the one that just failed it all. Was cyborg because he had a cool fucking gun and he never used it because he, he's a karate man he bleeds on the inside he's, so he's karate gotta, man he's got to fight.
2: <laughs> so on that on that note, go listen to our cyborg review by the way because it's yeah. really good. Yeah, I think so. I it's think way so. better than the movie. I can tell you that much.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. And for um, all our
2: for, and for all our friends out there that love cyborg, I apologies.
0: Yeah, big apologies. <laughs> um, Not really. Dirk uh, Dick Durkins comes in and introduces himself. Uh, he kind of like wonders what the killer wants the hearts for uh, Durkins asked stones how uh, Durkin asks Stone how he knew the killer was going to be at the club stone doesn 't know, and so we don 't really know about the psychic connection yet and uh, Durkin says that 's an incredible coincidence that he was there. Thresher tells stone he's <laughs> <laughs> yes, that 's my boy That's my boy and then kind of like stone like sort of tells him like all the guns he has you know and everything, and he 's like yeah, you that. are paranoid you know and and whatnot so I was like. I thought that was funny. Um, and then because he he's that, like, yeah. well, I'm surprised you don't have a, a grenade launcher. And he's like, uh, they wouldn't let me have one. And Durkin's kind of laughs at that. And I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, Stone- I like that too. Yeah. Stone finds out Durkins has been following him and says, "You'd be paranoid too if you had this dipshit following you around." <laughs> thought, that, thought that was fun too. I, there's there's a lot to
2: like, man. Yeah, uh, there, so, there really is. There really is.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, Stone says he can find the killer. Thrasher says that Durkins is an expert on serial killers, and he's like, "If he's such an expert, what's he following me for?" Again, I was like, "Oh, that was a good
2: one." Like yeah. that was
0: kind of cliche, but at the same time kind of good like he kind of well, like nailed that one
2: yeah and i will say up to this point i have no problem with this exchange at no. all i really don't know I, I really don't because honestly like the backstory that Thrasher gave uh went over my head pretty quickly i wasn't paying as much attention to it but like i said it's been mentioned like three times throughout the movie yeah so at that point i'm like oh that this is not a good guy up at this at this point in the movie and we're really in the beginning of the movie um, I don't have a problem at all with anything.
0: No, no, no me me neither, dude, me neither. And like in this interaction, I that shot where Rutgerhauer grabs Alistair Duncan's tie and kind of pulls him forward. Yeah. that was improved. And that was kind of like also the 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 f- like early in shooting. I I, I kind of got the sense they sort of shot it in order. Um, and uh, that was kind of like that was when Alistair Duncan was like, okay, I see how that's good. This is going to be, but I think him and Rutger Hauer clicked because. Rutger Howard did that, and Alistair just went with it, you know? And he was yeah. just like, okay, all right. And, and I think from that point moving forward, Rutger knew that he would kind of, like, go with the flow, and, and they would be a good team, a good acting team together. Um, and real quick, we should just note that um, Alistair Duncan is credited as, I believe, Neil Duncan in this. And uh, when he started out early in his acting career, he had to change his We had he, his name in real life is Alistair Duncan. Duncan, but it was already registered. So uh, when that guy actually retired, he got his name back from that guy and was able to change his name back to Alistair. Um, so so you might find him earlier on as like Neil Duncan, I think.
2: It's like the band The Verve and The Verve Pipe. <laughs> <laughs> You're like,
3: I'll be here all week. <laughs> the
2: 90s, the 90s. Uh,
0: long story short, Thrasher tells Stone <laughs> that uh, he's off suspension. Under one condition, Durkins is his new partner. In the police precinct, Stone and Durkins are talking. Stone tells them that they are they're going to drive separately. Pete uh, Pastaway yells at Stone about having a case of beer delivered at, to his desk. He keeps giving him shit and everything. He's like, he's like, because there's a big cooler there, and of course, yeah. you know, Stone's like, you know, no one, I didn't. That's not beer. I didn't have that delivered. Did anyone see it? No, no one saw it. Don't open it. You know, so he walks over to there and he opens the, the cooler and inside there's a heart in it that has a giant bite taken out of it and it's on ice. And of course, like, you know, people were running around going, you know, Oh, lock the place down. But of course he's like, uh, you know, the, the killer's gone. I know that. So it's like, this oh,
2: scene, this scene's super weak because let's be honest, if if an unknown cooler shows up at the precinct uh the cops are gonna, not going to be like that's ah, a case of beer uh, they're going to be like is it a bomb i mean this this scene is really flawed
0: so it is and for me it's not flawed in the fact of how the heart that 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 it got there because yeah, knowing no, no i've already seen the movie twice you know to 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 break it down for this show I now know how the creature works and it, it's supernatural. So I do believe that it could like move between dimensions and sort of drop the thing off without, you know, uh, anyone seeing it. But what I'm I'm with you what I find weak about it is that they would have fucking a bomb squad all over it. They wouldn't just exactly. open it. And that's no. that's the the problems that I have is when the movie does movie shit and not real shit. You know what I mean?
2: Well, th- this this film accelerates certain plot points which should be slowed down, in my opinion, and yeah, like, kind of deepened. And then they deepen certain plot points that should be accelerated.
0: Yes, yeah, it it, it doesn't know. Yeah, <laughs> some of them it does right, and some of it does wrong. You know, you're like some of them you think you should pull back, yeah. some of things you should push forward, and it kind of does the opposite. And yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't care about police procedures. So we'll track that. One. <laughs> this. Two, the exploding rat and the uh, that he shoots off of Durkin's shoulder later. Yes. And then the uh, and then the heart he throws out the window. All three things that police officers should not do to contaminate uh, uh, crime scenes. But uh, we'll we'll get to those. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: all right. So we go back to JJ's nightclub. We're kind of out in the parking lot, and Stone asks Durkins where he was trained, and kind of Durkins rattles rattles off some shit. You know, all oh, a bunch of colleges. He's you know he's the smart guy. You know, and of course Stone looks. At the disgusted at him which i just i lo- I love their relationship man and honestly it's 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 what really makes the movie i won't i don't want to say tolerable because i don't i don't dislike this movie at all but no. Durkin's and stone's relationship is what makes the movie awesome i think uh or as awesome as it can be i just i like it is what i should say
2: now that they do a good job of building their relationship
0: yeah yeah Stone tells him stone tells him to stay in the Jeep in the parking lot uh, while he goes inside. Inside JJ's, um, Stone kinda goes back to the restroom <laughs> where the girl died and he he lays there uh, on lays the floor, down. yeah, he lays in the in on the bathroom floor in the the spot where she was dead, and he's kind of just like looking up and everything. And the the owner walks in and you know because the club's closed, it's not open right now. The Owner walks in, sees him, like, "What are you doing here?" And then that's when Stone kind of like looks at the dog, and that's when he says, "You saw him, didn't you?" That means I'm not crazy. So that's that's where you kind of establish that, and then Stone gives the dog a rah-rah, which is chocolate and i'm sure that obviously it wasn't real chocolate for the dog but at yeah, the same time you didn't give time, chocolate to a dog by the way why the hell did he give fucking a chocolate donut to a dog
2: yeah it makes no that makes no sense whatsoever i feel like yeah. i feel like um, originally i thought rah-rahs were like i thought they were uh what do you call those things and uh little potato things and they tater tots tater tots thank you (laughs) at first i thought they were like little tater tots little fries or something you know yeah no
0: no they're and and,
2: and, yeah and so i'm like oh that's cool but the fact no you don't give chocolate to a dog no especially to junkyard Mike would be so pissed off right now
0: he would he absolutely would be like what are you
2: doing junk what are you doing to junk
0: they would have to do a G.I. Joe after, you know, after the episode, you know, now, you know, knowing's <laughs> yeah, half the battle. Dude. Don't feed chocolate to dogs as, as junkyards
2: throwing yeah, up in the l- corner. Little, yeah. Cut to, cut to a little kid. who's like, Hey, I'm going to f- go, I'm going to go feed my dog chocolates. Dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. Hey kid, don't do that. You know what chocolates can do to a dog? No. What? Let me tell you.
1: <laughs>
2: knowing's half um, the battle. Outside,
0: Durkin's is kind of cleaning the mud off of his headlamps, you know, and he's like, you know, he does something like 80 percent of all accidents are caused by poor visibility. He's just being like kind of smarmy. And so, of course, Stone shoves one of the rah-rahs into the smears it kind of on the the headlamp, which is because he's an asshole. Um, And then they get a call on the radio that the killer struck again and they hightail it to the new location. They're, they're, like, flying there, and uh, <laughs> I thought this was kind of funny. So they're, like, you know, they're yeah. hightailing it there, and when they get uh, – they're taking separate cars – Rutger Hauer, Stone is in the front and, you know, Durkins is following him. They get to the parking lot where the crime scene is, you know, Stone slams on his brakes and then Durkins rear ends him. And I almost feel like, because that happens in the master shot, I almost feel like that was an accident and then they just, you know, in the next shot, they just added it into the story where Rutger Hauer gets out of the car and he's like, and Durkins is like, I'm sorry. But I feel like they crashed it on accident and also, by the way, behind the scenes uh, they did. They. The producer specifically said that she did not have a lot of coverage for that movie. So when she was editing it, um, she had to actually use bloopers and stuff and like unused stuff just to to fill in gaps. Also. Oh. Also, by the way, the director, the guy we talked earlier, uh, The Burning, he yeah. didn't make it all the way through the filming of this. So the, the producer and another guy had to, to do the, some of the final shots, especially the climax scenes, and then they kind of had to edit it without the director at all. So they lost him about 75% of the way through.
2: That's an important fun fact because that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, right. It really does. and And honestly, wow. but here's the thing. If that was a blooper... Right, it, it's it's awesome, man. Like it, it makes a it's like funny. a scene yeah. of just of just like you know them just pulling up. It makes it funny, makes it interesting. You know, I was like, okay, cool. He ends them.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. It's really interesting you say that because I would say the final act is really sped up. The second that like the two point five act is really yeah. slow. Yeah. Which means they just filled it with scenes that they probably were going to cut anyways. probably interesting yeah very interesting it's like uh the island of dr moreau with john frankenheimer which richard stanley should have directed but didn't yep and if you haven't seen that documentary about that you should because it's amazing
0: yeah, we, we talked about it on the hardware in the um, Colorado Space episode, but it's called Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. Longest title ever, but an absolutely fantastic documentary. Yes. Uh, we I think we both recommend that one up there with the the canon documentary as two must-watch documentaries to ha- as compendiums to this podcast. Yes. Um, inside the apartment, there's the body of a guy with his heart ripped out. Of course, of course. Um, sure. Stone asks the coroner what time the death was, even though he knows it was around six thirty somehow. Durkins asks him how he knows that. Stone doesn't really isn't really forthcoming with a lot of answers. But as he's talking to Durkins a giant rat crawls on, like kind of comes up behind Durkin's and we've established in the movie, uh, before this, but rat uh, London is infested with rats because of the rising water tide. It's, it's a, it's a through line that goes through the movie that kind of doesn't really lead to anywhere. It's just a, It's like you know how actors, (laughs) you actors give give their character business, like you know smoking or something to give them something to do. It's almost as if they gave the city some business. It was like the city's waterlogged and it's got a rat problem. Doesn't really go either. Either things don't really go anywhere or 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 anything, you know.
2: I feel like uh, it's supposed to add to uh, Dunkirk, Durkin, Dick Durrocks. uh, Like I feel like there's probably a deeper level of it, a la indiana jones with his snake yeah fear yeah
0: yeah maybe. but they
2: didn't really play enough into it um yeah and i also want to i want to knowing what we know about this movie and now we can i'm just going to put it out there does harley he has a psychic link to the murderer the killer right yeah we know yeah. this later on yeah and he can sense when he's near right yeah we're supposed to but it's not consistent,
0: right? Right. Well, like, well, is that a no, flaw
2: of the movie or?
0: Well, no, I think it is consistent. You're not you're not saying that that like he didn't shoot the rat thinking that was the creature. He shot the rat knowing it was a rat, right?
2: No, no, no. no. I'm saying like like he knows when the when the creature's near. Right? Oh
0: yeah, because here's the thing: he didn't know that the creature was near in the club in the club, you know. But yet he knew to. Go there. I I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So moving forward, the scene will come in a little bit where he runs and kind of starts shooting up at the sky, you know. That's when you sort of find out that he has the link. But And after that, it's consistent. But before that... It's not. You don't really it's it's you don't get the same thing when you're in the club. He should have been able to hone in on the creature in the club. You know, yeah. I guess you could say he's not quite sure how the, the, the whole thing works. But at the same time, you can tell he's already sort of into it. So he should know how everything works. I'm, I'm with you, buddy. I'm I'm with you on on that thread. I am with you on that thread
2: um, with me on the inconsistency.
0: I know, totally, 100% with you on the inconsistencies, bro. It's, it, that is a damn, damn shame and, and, and truth. Um, it's also a damn shame that, you know, instead of, like, telling Durkins to move, you know, out of the way of the rat, uh, Stone just fires his hand cannon, exploding that rat, first off, sending <laughs> chunks of rat blood everywhere contaminating a crime scene Two would have scared the shit out of everybody in the crime scene. That wasn't paying yeah. attention to like what was going on in the corner. All of a sudden a giant hand cannon gets like discharged. And uh, that's just like, I mean, that's the shit that I don't like in this movie. When I, I love a character being over the top, you know, yes, you know, yes, he's an over the top hard detective, but that's just bad police work.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like it's like the scene when you know a, a cop punches the chief and then doesn't get any repercussions mm-hmm. for it. It's like no, 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 no. I know this is a fictional film and we suspension and disbelief, but can we can we ground this a little bit in truth? Yeah. Where's the mm-hmm. truth? There's a real and, lack of truth in this film.
0: Right, and him shooting that that rat didn't like go anywhere. So you could cut that out completely. And it yeah. wouldn't have anything. So if I could have just one cut in the entire movie, it would be this one. Because I fucking just, I hated that. I thought that was fucking
1: terrible.
2: That's a that's a good, um, that's a good point. I'm trying to think about mo- scenes in this movie that I would cut. Yeah, well, if you, you can come across that. it, yeah, yeah. If you we'll, come across we'll another
0: one, well, yeah, we'll get to it. Um, but, you know, that after be- that.
2: Hmm? No, I was going to say that rabbit. That rat was fucking huge, by the way.
0: I mean, yeah. That rat, I mean, it was fucking huge. I'm not going to lie. It did deserve to be killed. I just don't think, you know, a a police officer would have discharged his firearm in a crowded room like that to kill it. Yeah, Of course not. But, yeah, that rat was fucking terrifying. Not going to lie. But... They do find in the apartment, uh, they find a service revolver that belongs to his old partner, Foster. And it's just kind of like sitting there, you know. And and so, of course, you know, Stone knows that it was left for him. Then they also see on the ceiling of the, the apartment, they see basically a giant uh, astrological sign that's kind of in a circle. It's very like a culty and, and it. And I do enjoy the occult threads in this because I've, I've dabbled myself. Um, So they actually get some shit, right. You know, and, and some concepts are in there that I'm, I'm digging. Um, But again, you contaminated the fucking crime scene with the fucking exploded rap, but okay. Uh, So I hate that so much. I
2: will. I will. I, I hate it too. And I I will say um, the, the, the blood on the ceiling, the pentagram, the whole deal. I, I appreciate it. I really do. But If you're going to do a scene like that, pan the fuck back a little bit so you can actually see what's going on with this. Oh, you see that Scorpio right there? No, that's just a fucking blood trail because they didn't pan back all the way. So you can't see exactly what's going on in the whole picture. That's really annoying.
0: And go back to what the producer said about not having enough coverage.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. 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 So uh you know they you know uh, durkins says that's the the sign for scorpio that becomes kind of a thing um and uh, of course you know stone says well the killer shouldn't be too hard to find cuz he must be about 10 feet tall if he's you know if he's writing that with his hands up there um <clears throat> while leaving the apartment, Stone asks Durkins what he knows about the occult, and Durkins doesn't really know anything at that point, but he he will research later, but right then he does it, and we kind of now are starting to doubt, get into the occult aspect of things uh Stone presses him further about the Scorpio sign, but this is when Pete Paswithth uh interrupts him, and he says he has a cast of the bite from the heart and kind of gives it to stone stone tells him to take the gun down to forensics team, look it over. And this is when Pete's like, fuck you. I don't like work for you. Yeah. Like, what What do you mean? Like, you're just like ordering them around and they kind of get into like a, you know, a thing and everything. But Pete, you know, his character does do what fucking stone asks him to do because it's the right police thing to do because to do. it is yeah. evidence. And he's yeah. a, and he's a fucking professional. That's why he is the best character in the entire fucking movie.
2: Yeah. That's the scene where I'm like, mm, I don't think this guy has. Is... he's supposed to be a bad guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I, you're like, um, guys, I know you're telling us that he's the bad guy or, or like a bad guy, but I don't think that he
1: is.
2: Well he's truthful. he's the cliche, like I said earlier, from Beverly Hills Cop, but if you go down the list of every cop buddy movie, there's always that cliche asshole yeah. cop in the movie where you just wanna he's not a bad guy, but he ends up getting smacked in the face, yeah, punched out, something. And you're like, Pete Postlewaite is not that guy.
0: And and here's the thing usually in those roles You don't see an actor the caliber of Pete Postawaith. You know, like it just it's just he's just so damn good. He's just so goddamn good. God I miss him. God damn it.
2: God damn it, Pete. Yeah, he died in two thousand eleven, which is a trip.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. It's I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, and, and Rutger Hauer passed away in 2019 um, and Pollack, uh, he he passed away in, in same year, 2019 as well. So uh, three actors from this movie have passed away.
2: Rutger Hauer had a really good run. Possibly didn't finish it out, in my opinion.
3: Yeah,
0: he yeah, he could have gone further with his. He could have gone further with his. But yeah, he's great. He's great in this movie, though. Uh, outside there 's a car like a crowd gathered around the apartment entrance uh Stone walks away from the crowd, but here 's like the heartbeat again, and that 's when we start that the they put that in the club and now they 're starting to do it again and he kind of like walks towards. Uh, it's like away from the crowd, but it's still like it's like it's in a courtyard, the courtyard of the apartment complex. Um, and then he kind of just he hears it, he yells Foster's name, and he kind of aims his gun up in the air, he's like, "Where are you?" And just like start, starts shooting in the air, you know. And of course, because ev- because they're cops, all the cops basically you know pull their guns on him, you know. And uh, it doesn't matter that he's a detective; he's just shooting the the, the you know gun straight up into the air but Durkins rushes to his aid and kind of like you know vouches for him stone says that he's he's out there watching them he can feel it and then we see like another pov shot from the killer and he's kind of like around the corner uh of the of the courtyard or whatever he's watching the whole thing happen
2: yeah they pulled their guns on him then but they didn't when he shot the rat off right Ex-
0: exactly sure. and i'm with you buddy that's the that's the shit that i don't like about this movie
2: yeah and look it's it's inconsistent that's my only complaint with this movie yeah is the inconsistency well not my only complaint but that's my biggest complaint and i and don't get me wrong again i will i still am thoroughly enjoying this film but just to break it down there are those yeah. things that bug the shit out of me. It's like if he's going to sense it's there, it's he's going to sense it every time. When Michelle later on is in the fucking shower and he doesn't know – he doesn't fucking – and he runs off to go looking for the killer and has no sense what – there's no heartbeat. There's no – Yeah. Do, do, do.
0: Yeah. I, and, I honestly you – know? if they could have dropped the heartbeat through line and I think th- – all the outcomes would have still gotten to where they were going to go because it's not like he used the heartbeat to follow the creature and then at the and towards the end anyways he says we're not hunting it it's hunting us so you yeah. could have dropped the heartbeat thing and not at all like worried about it and buddy you don't have to defend your your opinion of this movie trust me it is it's valid my man it's valid
2: well, i'm just thinking like if you kept the heartbeat in and keep it consistent, he he could have no clue of where it is. He just senses that it, it was around or yeah, it yeah, was don't, around.
0: Like, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, don't, don't do the heartbeat. Just do like, just, he says, like, I can feel it. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with it you. It was don't, here. Don't establish this hard, this like hard thing, like the, this solid thing, and then not stick with it throughout, you know? yeah And and yeah, it's, it's those inconsistencies that we dislike. But I will say... This next scene is what I do like, and uh, and we're at the precinct, and I love that like Stone is brushing his teeth with coffee. I <laughs> yeah, fucking love
3: that dude. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh,
0: that's again hard boiled. I love hard boiled detectives. When I was younger, man, I you know realistically obviously not anymore but when i was younger man i fantasized about being a, a police detective just so i could get to that point where i was like oh, i'm hard-boiled and and you know just i've seen too much and i'm fat and i'm gonna die when i'm you know like 50 from a heart attack but i don't care because i'm hard-boiled detective
2: i hear you do when when i used to watch uh, spaghetti westerns with clint eastwood and i'm like oh i love his crow's feet you know, I love when he, when he squint so hard, you got those cool lines on the side of your face. And yeah. so I would do that to my face. I'd like squint so hard that I get the, and now I have those lines and I'm like, I don't want those lines.
0: And now that you have those lines, you're, you're frantically like putting moisturizer cream in oh, there. I put so much fucking
2: eye cream. Shout out, by the way, men's product, Brickle. If, if you want a really great men's product, uh, Brickle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm literally shaking my head now. <laughs> back, back
2: I, to love, the I love me a good mask. I do a good mask moisture
1: mask (laughs) oh god
0: uh durkins asks (laughs) if stone is psychic because of what happened back at the crime scene uh stone says they got close to the killer but durkins keeps probing about the suspension you know stone doesn't want to sort of budge on everything you know he keeps asking questions and everything uh they go into the shooting range and now we get to see what you know this gun of his can actually do and again uh, cool Very cool. Very cool. Very uh, reminiscent of RoboCop. Um, Another, like, shades of RoboCop here.
2: Yeah, and thank you for not being a fucking cyborg, not using the gun properly type thing.
0: Well, and and by the way, uh, so he has two hand cannons. The one that he's shooting in there, um, it actually fires shotgun rounds.
2: Yeah, it's awesome, dude.
0: It's a fucking handgun that fires fucking shotgun rounds. It's insane. I love it. That that gun is sick. It's awesome. There, um, there,
2: there was a GI Joe character. Uh, I don't think he, he was never on the series, but he came with a Gatling gun, okay. and he was a baseball player. I forget. I get forget the name, but his oh, gun. Shit, it shit, might have been like yeah. heavy barrel, or it was I, some it reference sounds to familiar. Baseball. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Like, those were the guns I wanted. Fucking yeah. Jesse Ventura in and, and, uh, and, uh, Predator with the Gatling gun. That, yes. You know. I liked <laughs> Gatling
0: guns when I was a kid, dude. I was, I oh was a God. Gatling gun fan, dude. I thought that shit was cool as hell.
2: I, so so mad props to this movie for, for getting the, again, I know we said it already, getting the weapons right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: The weapons, they don't do anything wrong in this movie. They, they are some of the actual stars in this film. Yeah, it's character. Durkin says until earlier, he thought they were dealing with a psychotic. Then after the hearts, he was convinced it was a psychopath. Now having seen what he's done, Durkin thinks he's both. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: I like that. Uh, I like that scene. I like that.
0: Yeah, I do too. I do too. Uh, Durkin's asks if there are any similarities between the victims. Stone says no. The Beast doesn't care <laughs> what it kills. And then Durkin asks why Stone called it the Beast. And then he— uh, the uh, and then Durkins asks why Stone calls the killer a beast, and this is when Stone shows Durkins the the teeth cast from the bite on the heart, and you see these things are like fucking nine inch long fangs. And I love this dude. I'm like, dude, this is fucking cool. You know, like I almost wish, I almost wish they actually like, you know. <sighs> You know, in a sort of a fantasy mind in my head, I'm like, man, you could like turn this into like an HBO miniseries of like, you know, 13 episodes or something and really like fucking like build into it and build up to the climax of the creature.
2: You know, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Yeah, it it reminded me. I mean, it looks like an aliens esque H.R. Deager esque looking thing, Mm -hmm. which I I have no problem with. I have no problem with. No, I have no problem no. I mean, with trying to come up with something cool and inventive.
0: No, I don't. No. Oh, I, I mean, to this day, I, I, I love the creature design in this movie. I got no problems with whether it's derivative or not. I don't give a shit. I, I, I love it.
2: Oh. I like the keeps monster more. Okay. No,
0: that's dude. I, I, that's fine. Like, that's totally cool. I love the fact that this has a fucking visor. Why does it have a visor? Doesn't fucking matter because it's fucking cool. I think that's neat
2: because it killed the wraith. He killed Charlie Sheen in the Wraith.
0: Out in the police station parking lot, Stone asked Durkin to give him his car keys. We get a did you recognize his little Yeah, okay. Wrestler? I was waiting yeah. for you to get to the yeah.
2: scene because I'm like, he gives him his car keys. It's the keychain of a Galoob Lex Luger figure. Yeah. So so WWE with LJN, they cornered the market on the big chunky rubber wrestling figure back in the day. Then NWA, before it became WCW, had their whole deal. They were trying to get on the marketing tip and have their action figures come out. They came out with these badass four-inch, four-and-a-half-inch rubber figures based on their popular characters. Sting, Lex Luger, uh, Ric Flair, and the Four Horsemen, et cetera, et cetera. And they were small, chunky figures. He gives uh, Harley... dunkirk gives harley his keys and it's a lex luger figure on a keychain with a painted red top like he's wearing a do-rag and he's like it's a present from my girlfriend and i'm like where's the fucking reference with this first of all it's a lex luger figure which is really random it's so random dude i'm like this is fucking random as shit
0: you know honestly like (laughs) and i love it had some kind of I mean, I want to. I want to say he should have had a maybe a RoboCop, like something cop related or Superman related, because you also find out that he he likes comic books. He later, likes so. comic
2: books. There's no wrestling yeah. reference. All he could have said was, "I'm yeah. a big wrestling fan." <laughs> Done. That's yeah. all he had to say. All he had to say.
0: Yeah, that was it. Was weird. It was. It was really weird. I was like, okay. But I do yeah, appreciate
2: it, it, Lex Luger getting a shout out in the. <laughs>
0: Um, and then of course, like stone does one of those things where like, he's like, You know, uh, Dunkirk. I almost called him Dunkirk. (laughs) is uh, That's okay. He's like, where are we going? And Stone's like, we're not going anywhere. As he drives off with, with Durkin's keys in his hands. And he kind of, he kind of drops him far enough away that Durkin's can get him. But, you know, he's not going to be able to catch up because he kind of wants to lose Durkin's Um, because he's going to, I guess, like an above ground mausoleum type of thing. It very much reminded me of something out of Phantasm. One of those mausoleums where all the, the. Love it. It's not a graveyard, right? I mean, it's, it's a mausoleum, right? Is that the
1: word for it?
2: Yeah, um, my only my only experience with these is at the Hollywood Cemetery. And yeah, it, yep, It's me too. It's, it's above ground and they're like in the walls. Uh, yeah, it, it's fucking badass. It's a great shot. Yeah, it's a it's cool. It's a cool Michelle. location, yep. um,
0: and and yeah, me, dude, I'm with you. The only time I've ever been in one is at the hollywood forever cemetery when they're doing okay. the, the day of the dead festival and you can kind of walk into him and, and everything um but uh he he runs into foster's ex-wife there michelle played by kim cattrall yep god she's so hot um she's really you <laughs> know
2: and, and 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 again you know we're not Corey jokes about being fucking sleazy i call him sleazy c we're not sleazy people whatever you know but she's beautiful dude like i had a she crush is. on her from mannequin big trouble in little china um look you know you're a teenager and you see boobs or you see coles to boobs and you're like oh my god you appreciate beautiful girls like it's one of those things there's nothing wrong with that i see kim no, i have a crush not. on kim cattrall it yeah. was way before sex in the city
0: yeah, I mean, I had a crush on her in Sex and City too, man. She's Dude, milfy as fuck.
2: Of I don't course. give a shit. <laughs> I no, love it. I you know, love like, her. I think she's great. I, I I one night on uh late night Cinemax or first thing in the morning Masquerade was on with Rob Lowe and there's a there's a great scene where she just like it's like post sex scene or something. And she's laying there naked and I'm just like, "Oh, ooh, wow, what's ooh. this." And I think I was like 10 or 11 years old. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
0: Part, pardon me while I pause the podcast and go watch Masquerade.
2: <laughs> Check out Masquerade, and then she did a movie with uh, right before. I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna put it out there. She did a movie with uh, right before Christopher Reeve, rest his soul, uh, had his paraplegic accident. He did a movie with um, with Kim Cattrall, and she's got a and 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 it's actually a pretty cool thriller. It's called uh, Above Suspicion. I'm just gonna okay. say, I'm just gonna say, um, if you're if you really like that aspect of Kim Cattrall, go look up "Above Suspicion" Kim Cattrall video, in your okay. Google search. <laughs> 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 Enough said.
0: Oh man. All right, so <laughs> she's in town, uh, and and she always visits Foster's grave whenever she's in town. And uh, Stone tells tells Michelle the killer's still out there, and he doesn't know if he can bring him in and catch him. And she's like, "Well, can you just walk away from it?" And of course, you know Stone can't. And she's like, "Well, if only for tonight." And and I I did like you know how how. Uh, uh, Stone was like asked how Foster's mom was, yeah. and then I like that little scene where she's like, he's like, I-, I miss him, and she's like, I miss him too. It this this is the stuff like like if if the shit that I hate is the shooting of the of the rat and everything, this is the stuff that I love. You can like the, these two actors, Rutger Hauer, Kim Cattrall, they are great actors, so they are selling the connection between the two, and I am feeling it. I feel that they have a connection and it's fantastic.
2: Yet yeah, Believable and works. And then the next scene.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I, I, I want to tell you what I, what I noticed in the next scene, um, oh, back at stone's wait. apartment, which is a real, <laughs> fucking shithole man it's it's a it's a shithole apartment full of pigeons this was this was Rutger Hauer's like like you know character business that he wanted he wanted pigeons in there and uh he wanted that one pigeon to to be on his head and and then the I love how the producer was like what but the filthy why do you want them you know (laughs) because they're like London pigeons but uh Stone says that uh, they sorry disappeared on her. He says it, it's it, you know she says it's fine. We find out that Michelle is a psychiatrist who works with kids, and Stone asks about Foster. Oh, this is when Stone asks about Foster's mom. Um, she never got over Foster's death. Of course not. It's his, that's her kid, you know. Uh, and this is when they this is when they say Stone says he misses her and and, and you know or misses Foster and you know Michelle says she misses him too, and uh, Michelle goes to make coffee. And then she kind of looks back and he's he's asleep on the couch with his like feet up and his cigarette in his mouth. And it it was, you know, it's funny. And uh, she goes over there and then she puts her coat on him even though he has like his leather coat on, his leather pants on, his leather boots on and she's got like like a you know like a little slip type of thing like a dress and she yeah. puts her coat on him while you know while while he sleeps. Um, First of
2: all, she looks like she's wearing a nightgown and and you know, very sexy. Yes. And I'm second of all,
0: when <laughs> when she bends down to grab something, there's a little nip slip there. And I was like, "Ooh, I got, I actually like that more than the shower scene." But I I was like, "Oh, is this all we're going to get?" And then we got a shower scene later and I'm like, "Oh my."
2: <laughs> well, you know, the, the 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 scene is flawed because like clearly the intention when she's at the at her hu- husband's grave and yeah and knowing that she cheated on her husband with with harley and she's like just for one night and i'm like implying that they're gonna get it on it's really fucking weird if you think that's really fucked up if you think about it. it's fucked up i'm sorry it's fucked up
0: no it is fucked up it is coming from someone who everyone deals with trauma differently
2: yeah very true um Yeah, I'm not going to get in too deep. We'll save that for another podcast. But uh, yeah, yeah, and then to go to his quote unquote shithole, which later on in the movie doesn't look that bad to begin with. It doesn't look that bad later on, um, with all his fucking Harley Davidson Harley Davidson paraphernalia. Anyways, uh, it was just so weird. Yeah, it's just it's odd. Like I do appreciate him being passed out because she made a reference about how he hasn't, or he said he hasn't gotten much sleep, or she's like, "You look like shit," or something like that. Yeah, makes total sense that he would feel relaxed when she's there. Mm-hmm. I like that. Been there, and, done. And it that.
0: makes and it makes total not sense that she would cover him with her jacket.
2: Yes, there's like me, 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 me. It's a yin yang. This is a yin yang. Yeah, film. I
0: know. It's like it's like it. It'll take. You know so you know it'll take like like three steps forward, one step back, then it'll take like two steps forward, then like three steps back, and yeah, then it'll is... do like a giant jump and do like five steps forward. you're like, hey, where are we going with this
2: guys? Yeah, I would say Cause... this is less yang more yang,
0: yeah. But it, it does lead into, like, a little flashback, which I I kind of also like the flashbacks. I like how they get—you yeah. um, see them twice, and they kind of get deeper each time you go. But in yep. this quick flashback, we see Foster. Um, uh, Foster and uh, Stone are in, like, in, in a sewer area. Yep. And we see Foster— and I think... Is this the one where he falls into the hole? Yeah. Yep. Or, or like Yeah. if Foster is in the sewers. Stone, Stone turns around, and Foster's gone. I don't think we see him fall, actually, in the hole this time, but it's it's a quick one. It's like, they're in the sewers. Foster's like, there's nothing down here. And then we cut to Stone turning around, and, like, he's gone. Foster's gone. He's like, Foster? And it, actually, they did a good job of making uh, Rector Howard look younger in the flashbacks.
2: Yeah. No, it because it, it, he it probably was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> when they filmed it who knows except like they the also sepia- gave
0: him the same shoulder pads
2: yeah interesting i i do appreciate the sepia tone too
0: yeah me too that you know that it's a it's a flashback because that that's again there's so many like <laughs> filmmaking 101 but when you see when you have the right actors in the moment it's okay like there's a reason things are cliche because they work like right away yeah. you knew that was a flashback you didn't yeah. have to have that explained to you you got it you know so yeah some things are cliche for a reason um <laughs> But uh, this is when Stone kind of – we cut back to the apartment. Stone wakes up with a pigeon on his head, And <laughs> you know, and Michelle's jacket's yeah. on him. Uh, Stone drinks some coffee, looks out the window, and sees Durkin. Um, Durkin's Jeep's down there. Durkin is standing on the hood of his Jeep doing kind of Tai chi, chi. And I love how Stone's, like, god damn it Durkins! you know he's always like he loves to hate him um but he's war you can tell that he's kind of warming up to him you know uh stone and then i wrote this down stone runs his hands through michelle while she's her michelle's hair while she sleeps on the couch but then he leaves and he doesn't put her jacket back on her he just no. leaves her on the couch he's he so, dude
2: her. he sucks i'm sorry he sucks he sucks dude yeah this sucks. for
0: me for me this falls under under the the category of the of the rat getting shot i'm like this is ridiculous like yep. why would you not put her jacket back on her when she's clearly wearing next to nothing asleep on your couch yeah <laughs> stone does not deserve to have someone love him
2: no no or be respected i'm sorry
0: yeah yeah uh, outside, we go. He goes outside, and and Stone sees uh, Durkin's asleep in his jeep, and his his kind of feet are up in the air, and his his window's a little bit open, so he opens it a little bit more, and then he ties his his shoes together, then sets off the jeep's you know siren, and Durkin jumps out and kind of falls in that. the water. I love that. Yeah, that was good. Again, yeah. again, so it goes from something stupid like him not putting the the jacket on Michelle to
2: something that's like ah, this is good.
0: I like this. You know what? I'll, I'll say it. I like all the Durkins in Stone stuff is the shit that I like.
2: Well, I, I feel like I feel like that's a, 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 a plus and a minus because I feel like yeah. the on the plus hand, they're they're developing this relationship between those two characters. But I feel like he's he's kind of throwing Michelle by the wayside and well, he doesn't appreciate her. He doesn't appreciate her. And yet she keeps coming back to him, and she loves him in some weird way. Harley, you know. You know and, <laughs> and I think being, being on that side of the coin, which I think a lot of people have, it didn't sit right with me. I'm like, yeah, fuck this guy. Fuck this guy he doesn't appreciate her for who she's beautiful and she's like intelligent, and <laughs> she gets bit on her shoulder pretty soon. And he's like, ah, whatever. You
0: know? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. That that'll be another one that it's I will up. definitely uh, harp on. You Goes know, to the and,
2: hospital, and he's like. I'll, I'll see you later, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll get all that. Sorry.
0: <laughs> um uh uh Durkins gets up, you know, and everything and, and and Stone says he'll he'll drive. Durkin Durkins gets in the passenger seat. Uh Stone says he's like feeling his forehead, you know, he feels something, but he's like, I just need coffee. Um as they drive off together, we get another POV shot of the killer, but he's watching them drive off. And yeah. then because they're in, I think they're in. They're in Durkin's jeep. So that means Stone's jeep is still is still there at the at the apartment. So the killer then sees the other jeep, which is Stone's jeep, smashes the back of it, and there's a shotgun in the trunk, um, which is as, cool. Yeah, that's cool. cool. As Stone drives the the jeep, he's throwing he's throwing books in the back. Durkin's he's he's kind of like it's Durkin's books, you know. Durkin's been reading up on astro uh, astrology, and parapsychology. Uh, at the apartment, we see Michelle is kind of like looking around. Uh, we cut back to Stone and Durkin go to the uh, go to like a bar, and uh, Stone orders you know like sort of regular food, and then Durkin's orders something just absolutely like you know ridiculous and like highbrow when they're clearly in like you know kind of a dive bar you know but uh uh, Durkin's thinks that stone might be psychic because of the comics that he reads
2: when that food came by the way when Durkin's food comes so first of all when um when Michelle sees the fucking chocolates smashed on the refrigerator like a like heart, like heart like a heart and she whipped pulls one off and eats it i'm like this is disgusting because this place looks like a fucking pigsty that's right. so gross yes second of all when dirk uh when uh harley gets his breakfast i get so hungry dude yeah so hungry because it's like bangers and mash with eggs and i'm just like oh my god oh I know. so good i gave up eating bacon and sausage a long time ago and i'm like i really want to eat it now
0: Bro, I am a sucker for a hearty breakfast, and I will oh. – I can eat a hearty breakfast for any meal, my man. Ditto. Ditto. Breakfast
2: yeah. – I, I love making breakfast. If it, yeah. it, Everyone that knows me knows I love to make breakfast, and I love fucking breakfast food, <laughs> like sausage and bacon <laughs> and shit like that. So, yeah, and, and I love British breakfast. So, shout out again, Yeah, because it's it, – I feel like there's a lot of like – Black pudding and all that, you know, or I don't know. Maybe that's an Irish thing. I don't know. First of all, any sort of British pub breakfast wise. So good. I'm hungry now. I I know.
0: Right. Like As we're talking about it, we've been drinking beer and I'm like, I kind of want to go eat right now. (laughs) This
2: might turn into (laughs) eating after (laughs) dark.
0: Cut back to the outside of Stone's apartment. Uh, We see that the killer from the POV, the shotgun is gone from the trunk and he's kind of like entering the building. At the bar, Stone is eating his breakfast. Durkin's breakfast hasn't come. Durkin's is still going on about Stone being psychic. Cut back. Uh, it's going to be doing some back and forth right now. Um, At Stone's apartment, Michelle is uh, getting in. My notes are the grossest shower since hardware.
2: (laughs) Good call, bro. Yeah,
0: buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, We see from the killer. uh, We see from, from the POV that the killer is in the apartment. Uh, at the bar, Durkins is kind of probing further, you know about Stone and the killer being connected. We find out that Stone is a Scorpio, the same sign that's that's on the, the ceiling that was on the ceiling written in blood, which is kind of like a, a, a nice big connection. Yeah. Uh, cut back to Michelle in the shower and the killer is walking around the apartment. And this was, this is when I was like, oh, Oh, we get some nudity in this. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, well, we had nudity at the beginning with the the at JJ's, but yeah, I was I was not expecting Kim Cattrall to be honest with you. I really well,
2: wasn't. Well, let us be honest. Like, you know, uh, D level uh, insignificant character nudity versus A list actor nudity is is you know it's a bigger deal.
0: Pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an awesome deal. Is what it is.
2: Yeah. Yeah, she's beautiful. She's uh, beautiful.
0: Yes. Oh, God, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I don't want to get uh, myself at the bar. in trouble.
2: She's beautiful. <laughs>
0: at the bar, Durkin's ass of stone wonders why the killer sent him the heart. And he's like, maybe the killer thinks you lack compassion. I thought that was a cool line. It doesn't go anywhere, but I, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. It um is. Uh, the POV shot, the the killer's getting closer to Michelle, cut back to the bar, Stone gives Durkin's <laughs> so I took it as Stone gives, uh, so what I noted was that Stone was giving Durkin's the rest of his breakfast because Durkin's never came.
2: Yes, exactly. That's what it looked That's what even it looked Durkins like to even, me. Uh, with the bartenders like hanging out listening to to Yeah, that was, that talk, was weird. That, right, weird that, like, like, oh, he was, was
0: right in their face.
2: Right in their face. And part of me was like, this is a dude that thinks rightfully so Ruckerhauer is really cool. And he's has a scene with him. So he wants to get right into that scene. And yeah, the, I love how Durkin's like, my, my, my croissant, you know, something, yeah. he mentions yeah, that some
0: of the fancy. Yeah. And <laughs> Clearly they're not going to have that
2: there. <laughs> yeah. Um, they might have biscuits.
0: Durkins has been wondering why the killer only kills in the high tide. Maybe it's because the Scorpio is, is a water sign. Uh, Stone says he shows up every month on the night of the new moon, kills before midnight, and then disappears. Uh, no motive, no pattern. Cut back to the, the apartment. The killer is almost in the bathroom. Michelle says Stone and turns around. Cut back to the bar. Stone ass Durkins, uh, "What he makes of all this? Like, what? What do you make of all this? Not the degree, not not, not like you know all of this bullshit." Um, then we cut back to. We never got an answer, by the way. We don't get an answer for that. Uh, we cut back to the, the shower, and we see kind of a shadow of a clawed hand behind Michelle, behind in the curtain, like sort of shadowed through the curtain. You know, it's not reaching through it or anything. Um, cut back to the bar, and before Durkins can answer the question, they hear over the police band that there is an intruder reported in the same building as Stone, you know, lives. So they kind of bust out of the bar real quick. Stone and Durkins pull up to the apartment. They hear a woman screaming outside. Stone tells Durkins, you know, to call for backup while he enters the building. Stone gets to his apartment and sees the door and his mo- see the door is open and his motorcycle is running. He goes into the bathroom and sees Michelle in the shower. She says she's screaming. She screamed because the water got cold. Stone says to lock the door, and he runs out of the apartment. Stone runs into Durkin's in the hallway, and then they hear another woman scream from from downstairs. Now, so here's what I noticed the second time I watched this when I was breaking it down. When the creature is kind of looking at the person in the shower, you can tell it's not Michelle. Yeah. But then that does not track cutting with the shadow behind Michelle in the shower. So like if yeah. all they did was cut out so the whole time you think that it's the killers encroaching on her, but he's really I think he did he did break into the apartment, but then he then you see him in the bathroom encroaching on the other lady that's gonna get killed. If they had just cut out that shot of the the shadow behind Kim Cottrell. It would have played, but now it just plays as it's inconsistent.
2: Yes, I totally agree. And also, if he's supposed to have some sort of weird spidey sense whenever the creature is around, he doesn't have it right now. Yep. At all. Yep. No, no palpitations, no like heart, heart yep. attack like he's going to have pretty soon. Mm-hmm. None of that shit. So yep. that was really uh blatantly frustrating to me because i'm like come on like have some cold sweat some shit yeah and mm-hmm. I- instead of the scene where you see the the monster behind her in the shower cut to just the monster with the fucking hand in the air like yeah, you don't so, have no, to yeah not,
0: not knowing yeah because it could be that could have been the other girl right yeah I, I, I know what you mean yeah. you could uh, you know, I, I think probably again lack of coverage Yes. <laughs> but yeah, it, but knowing that doesn't like we're still going to judge the movie on what we see and that you could have just. Yeah, that was a bad cut. That was a bad edit. That was it, it doesn't allow you to track the scene properly.
2: It reminds me a little bit of Highlander, too, when people were like, oh, wait till you see the director's cut. It's so much better. And then you see the director's cut and you're like, no, this movie still sucks. It just has <laughs> yeah. more scenes in it um and
0: (laughs) more shitty scenes in it
2: yeah and and let's be honest i kind of like highlander too there's elements of it that i really dig but it still sucks like i can appreciate (laughs) a shitty movie when i can still appreciate a shitty movie yeah like split second Uh, yes
0: me yeah i agree me too you know (laughs) yes
2: there's nothing like it's all good it's all good just like just admit admit that there's flaws that's it yes don't be like "No, no 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 this is what the scene meant like don't fucking don't don't world build when Corey is the fucking master of world building
3: <laughs>
2: if if oh, cory the master world building tells you that this film has flaws in it then this film has flaws in it period
0: it, yes it does but it also has a bunch to like though so. totally
2: no 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 i, mean, I that's what I'm. that's all i'm saying yeah
0: like, no and, I, and i'm with you man i am a hundred and 50% with you on the problem and I think we're we're pretty much syncing up on what we find to be problematic about yes, this movie and yeah. I think we're and I think we're also syncing up with what we enjoy about this movie as well which I I honestly am am really tickled. Uh, I I know you wouldn't do it because you too, are a professional, but if you said to me, "Bro, this movie sucks. I can't fucking talk about this for fucking 3 hours." I would totally understand. But but you know, I do think that we're finding the same sort of highlights to sort of hone in on and enjoy. And we're totally. you know, at this point we've we've been doing this game long enough to know that like, you know, just we got to enjoy the things we enjoy.
2: Totally. Look, look, look. And I I think I think the only reason why we're being um, we're honest about movies, period. Yeah, yeah. Like we we're understand, we, we understand the 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 hard work that goes into all these films, but we're not going to sugarcoat it, and we're not just no. going to glaze its donut. You know, it's like we're going to be fucking honest about it. <laughs> and there, there is a <laughs> not gonna lot. Not going to glaze be, its rah rah. Yeah, glaze its rah rah. By the way, I fucking I coined that phrase. I, I don't want to glaze your donut. Kristen, used, uh, for those who don't know, my wife is like, I don't know if that's appropriate to say. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with glazing your donut, like taking a shitty donut and making it better. Yeah. Um, This is not glazing a donut. There is a lot to love. There's also a lot to like. Pick apart. That's all we're yep. doing.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna do both. Yes. Uh, Stone and and Durkins ready up at the door where you know the apartment that they sort of know where. The killer is right now. Uh, Stone does like a one, two, three, but Durkins goes in on two, and Durkins <laughs> gets blasted out the window with a shotgun.
2: That's fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, that was fucking awesome. I and laughed my ass off. I did too, and I'm glad, like, spoiler alert, Durkins is not dead, and I'm glad about that. But at the same time, if he died right there, I would have been like, holy <laughs> shit. But. I'm glad he didn't because I really, really do like him and Stone together. Um, but yeah, Durkins does like a rookie mistake and goes right into the room, you know, and kind of just stands there looking around and gets fucking blasted out the window. It's uh, the scene. Stone, it's the
2: scene in uh, Dawn of the Dead when the guy when they kick the yeah. door open and the fucking yeah. police officer gets
0: his brains blown out. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, and I, there was a like I actually kind of like the shot of Rutger Howard. Like he looks scared, you know, because yeah. he saw Durkins get shot out the window. Yep. He's like, he looks scared, but at the same time, it's like it's like a nanosecond. Like it's one of those things where like, he's scared for a second, and then you can tell, like his police training, you know, takes over, and he he jumps in and kind of dodges a shot. And him and the killer kind of have a little bit of a of a shootout together. Yeah. And he's like, you know, the killer is kind of in the bathroom or something. He doesn't really know where he is, and he kind of like figures it out. And he kind of shoots, and the killer runs out and just sort of disappears. And 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 goes off um doesn't jump through a window or anything but disappears but like they do a good job of like not showing him disappear he disappears in like a hail of debris and you know broken wood and everything it's it's cool honestly a lot of the stuff they do with the monster not like not stone's connection to the monster but like the stuff they do with the actual monster I think that they shoot it extremely well. N- you know, not really seeing it all that well, just kind of like moving quickly. It could have been shot a lot worse, but I think it's shot very competently.
2: Yeah, there's there's a few scenes where it's silly. Uh, you know, when they get to the morgue. Uh, but, yeah. But uh, but other than that, it's it's it totally works.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, In the bathroom, though, there's another lady just just with her chest ripped open, but we find out later her heart has not been ripped out, but you can't really tell right there, but the bathroom is just covered with blood everywhere. It's really cool. It's really cool. Um, But then... He's like in the the back into the apartment and then Michelle runs in and uh she has a bite on her shoulder and she's like he he bit me. And this is when I yes. had to rewind it because the first time I watched it I didn't watch it with subtitles. I had to rewind it because he goes, "It's okay, don't worry about it." And I'm like, "What?" He's like he goes, "I called the car- yeah. paramedics, don't worry about it." But she has like literal like inches, like gaping wounds yeah. in her shoulder.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yet another issue. Unless yeah, that clear, was you don't care about her,
0: and it you almost like wonder like if it was written that way in in the script. You almost wonder. You almost wish Rutgerhauer on set was like. I mean, look at the makeup. I can't just say don't worry about it. Like I have to say something else. But he, it felt like it was one of those things where he kind of just stuck to the script. You know.
2: Yeah, they do that with every every wound in this film, unfortunately. The, where yeah. the special effects are almost too good for the scene.
0: Yeah, it's almost like too much, right? Like, yeah, like it could have just been. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know. And here's another funny thing. Here's another thing I thought was funny. Outside of the apartment, the corner is wheeling out the body of the dead lady with her fucking head exposed. Like, you know how they normally put the the whole yeah. like they body bag you, or at least put the the blanket over you. But yep. like, she's just like staring up into space while everyone is is you know uh, looking at her. You know, and uh, if she doesn't, you don't see the hole in her chest, but like she's clearly dead, <laughs> just everyone's watching, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, that too. Yeah, me, I, yeah, me too. It's it, that, it's those are the little details that I think we have like a, a problem with. It's like these little, like these real life details, you're like, but you wouldn't do that in real life. That's the problem, like, yeah, that right there, you wouldn't do, like, yes like, you know, a monster is a monster. You don't know how it would behave, but we know police procedure, you know, we know you wouldn't shoot a rat in a crime scene and contaminate the crime scene. We know that the coroner would fucking cover up a dead body. If like, you know, 20 people are out there watching it.
2: Yeah. Just like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna put so much emphasis, it's almost like they put so much emphasis on the building of the, the relationship between, you know, uh, Dick rock and, and Stone like but yet didn't build a- any character building on anything o- other aspect or, yeah. or plot building. It just was like this was like loose ends, you know. Yeah. It just felt a little sloppy to me. Again, yeah, no,
0: that the, these are these are the sloppy parts of the movie. The, yeah. These are absolute sloppy parts and maybe if they had more time they would have considered it but they probably were like we gotta get the shot didn't even think about it is is the lighting okay great is everyone in their spots great probably no one fucking thought like why don't we cover up the body no it doesn't matter yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm with you. It's it's some sloppy stuff. Um, the paramedic says, oh, they must have used a hatchet. And, of course, Stone's like, no, he used his hands. Um, and then Stone sees a little girl sitting on the stoop, and he's like, I know you you, you saw him, didn't you? Uh, and then Stone starts hyperventilating, and the paramedics kind of, like, rush over to him. They're like, this man's hyperventilating. He starts freaking out, and they kind of give him a sedative in his neck. And in the same scene. So in the same scene, I hate the fact that the, pa- the, the coroners and the paramedics don't cover up the body, but then the fact that we get to see our hard boiled detective have this kind of vulnerability, like yeah. hyperventilating and freaking out. I'm like, that's cool. That's the shit you don't normally see in the hard boiled detective stuff. Right. Cause he normally just drinks his problems away, but here he's like fucking like legit having a, a panic attack. And I'm like, that I like that little bit. I like,
2: and then you go back to the yang with the little girl he's like you saw something and they don't even de- delve yep. deeper into that i'm yep. like that that would have been fucking cool you know yep yep but they don't no,
0: I, yep 100 percent. yep 100 so like, dude ah, oh eh, yeah
2: oh it's it's high low high low mm-hmm.
0: and uh but thanks to the the sedative we now get the the second flashback and now we see sort of a like more of the scene, um, back to to Foster um, um, and Stone in the sewers. Uh, it's, it's sort of the you know they, they kind of do the thing, same thing where you see the same thing again, but more of it. Foster calls to Stone. Stone turns around just as Foster falls through the water. That was a cool effect, by the way. Yeah, he just that was falls straight. Cool straight down like uh, you, yeah, you can like tell that. like like you can tell it's like literally a hole right there he, he doesn't even just straight down doesn't even like make that much noise um stone's like foster where are you and then he and he's sort of facing the camera and then the creature comes up behind stone you don't hear anything another cool shot and then when the creature moves um that's when uh, uh like a little bit of air causes uh stone to sort of turn around and then as he does the, the creature slashes him through the jacket and, and with his, like, his claws. And yep. then we, we cut immediately to Stone waking up in the police. Like, I think it's the police infirmary. Um, and But we see, because he's wearing a tank top or, like, a cut-off sleeve shirt, we see that his arm is, like, has these huge slices down it. And I'm like, that was, that was cool, too. But, dude, th- there's a few shots in the movie where the creature... Where all you see is, like, it's chest and it's blurry. It's out of focus because it's behind, you know, Rutger Hauer. And that shit works, bro. That shit works.
2: It does. It does. And I love I love the scar on his body. Though it looks like the guy in From Beyond when he puts his hand into his shoulder yeah, yeah, and pushes and down. It's... Like clay. And it's because it's so deep. It's yeah. so deep. Uh, yeah. It's like so disgusting and i'm just like on one hand it's fucking rad i love it but on the other hand i'm like it's over the top
0: it's very comic booky yes yeah Yeah. uh stone you know he wakes up in a panic he kind of like sort of runs into the hallway you know and uh and 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 says you're supposed to be dead oh i'm sorry he He runs in the hallway. He runs into Durkin's in the hallway. He's like, "You're supposed to be dead." And then Durkin says, "You never heard of a bulletproof vest?" And then Durkin sees the scar and says, "You know, oh, now Durkin's puts it together. That's where your psychic connection comes from." And then Stone punches Durkin's in the face. Um, (laughs) And my note is because he's starting to care. That you know what I mean? Like he's starting to care about Durkin's. Yeah, and he's like, and he goes. Don't even, like, ask me why I did that. He's like, I punched you because you didn't, like, after you get shot out the window, I was sitting out there in the paramedics. Like, you didn't even fucking come and tell me you were, I was thinking you were dead this entire time. Again, I thought this was, like, I love their relationship. This is what I like about this thing. And I'm like, and you're like, oh, I'm like, right then and there, I was like, oh, Stone's starting to care,
2: you know? Yeah, I, did, I do appreciate that, too. I like that.
0: Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back
2: after these short messages. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host Tim, and with me today in
3: studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean? Uh, This isn't a full episode, this is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking Back. <laughs> the land of nostalgia. And
0: now back to the show. Dur- Durkins and Stone are back in the precinct. Stone asks uh if, uh if if you got the report back on Foster's gun. And again, you know, he's like, "Yeah, I got the." Re-. And he actually gives him the information, right? He gives him some sort of information. But like, you know, uh, 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 Stone's like, "What?" You know, and and, dude, I fucking love it, you know, and then stone and Pete, Pete getting a fight, but it's, it's stone is the one that's fucking wrong here. I agree. And this is where we also find out that, that, that. Uh, Foster was Pete Postlethwaite's character's best friend and everything, and they just sort of are going back and forth, and it ends with fucking Thrasher, you know, uh, telling Stone to come in his room, but like or his office, but like fucking Stone, then like fucking knees fucking Pete Postlethwaite in the nuts. I'm like, come on, man. Like as much, I, I mean, look, I, I do like. Rutger Hauer. And I'd like Stone and I like Stone and Durkins, but I do not think that Stone should be this aggressive towards another police officer.
2: Yeah, it, it, it just he's not he's just not likable. They don't they don't present him in a way like you start breaking him down. And you're like, no, this dude is this dude is not as likable as as, as I think they want him. They want us to think he is. Right. That makes sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. But, but then like when he, d- when he starts liking Durkin's, then you like, okay, you know, but yeah, no, I, it's, yeah, it's him and, and, and Pete, it's just like, oh my God, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit too over the top, you know, but, um, you know, Thrasher says, uh, <laughs> says he heard, sh- uh, Stone shot the killer, shot at the killer and missed. But, uh, Stone says, you know, he says, like, I didn't say I missed, but you know, he shot at the killer. I shot at him. Um, but the killer disappeared. Uh Durkins got gets the genetic report back from the lab. I guess just the you know, they got some sort of uh I guess it's from the bite or something. Anyways, from the report, he knows that the killer's DNA is made up of all of its victims. And so it has traces of all of its victims' DNA, including Stone's DNA.
2: Which could uh, have been way more developed. I yes, agree with you. If this was a series, it would have been cool where it was picking up on traits of every kill, every yeah. person that it picked up on. Meanwhile, everybody that it's killed in its wake doesn't really matter. You know, it does. It, it doesn't matter.
0: I, no, I'm, I, I think that would be. I think that would be cool. There's, there's a lot of cool concepts here that they could have mined uh, further. But that's, uh, you know. You know, split second. They had a split second to work on it.
1: Um, (laughs) Exactly. There you uh, go.
0: Stone leaves in a hurry. Durkins follows him. Uh, Durkins kind of catches up with him and 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 tells him that the killer didn't get the last victim victim's heart. And then he's and so Stone knows he's going to go back for it. And so to the
3: morgue,
2: to the morgue, but also. Yeah, you know, once again, dismissing Michelle. Like, later. <laughs> I'll see you later. You got a big fucking bite wound. We don't know, how, you know, what's going to come about that. But I'll see you later. To the morgue. But I'll
0: see ya. Yep. To the morgue.
2: <laughs> With weird blood bags holding above every dead body.
0: Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. That's, that's, so- come
2: on. First of all, the morgue is cool looking. It's cool looking. It's very, it reminds me of, um, what was that movie? Oh, wait, Coma. hold on.
0: Okay, but, but but real quick, I do want to say that like when they go running through the police station before yeah. they actually get to the morgue, yeah. like he's pushing like a uh, fellow police officers out of the way and he's like <laughs> out of the way you fucks, get out of my way. you know like he's like pushing like female police officers calling them, you fuck, get out of my fucking way. Like he's yeah, again, it's 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 weird. That's weird. But yes, they get to the morgue. They start like moving through the morgue, and it has this weird design aesthetic where I like how they're all in those like sort of bag. They're not bags; they're kind of like um, like when you what do they call like Sus- fly fl- nets or something? Yeah, like suspended
2: hammocks almost. Like uh, yeah, okay, yeah, like it, it. If you look at the movie The uh, Coma, uh, I think Michael Crichton wrote the book. It's like that in the future,
0: right? But for some reason. Even though they're all dead bodies, they yeah. have, like, like, like blood bags hanging. It was kind of weird, but at the same time, yeah, it's like, okay, it's, it's a cool-looking set, but at the same time, you start thinking about it, you're like, what? Why? You know? Um, but... You know, they they move through there. They're looking for the killer and and Stone knows that he's in there. Uh, of course, Durkin sees somebody behind a curtain and pulls their gun on him. And it just turns out to be another uh, or, or someone that works there, you know, a nurse or something. Um, and uh, they're 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 still looking for the killer. And then they see up on the ceiling like the 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 tiles are kind of moving, right? Yeah. And and so they're like, "Uh uh-oh, it's up there. And, of course, the tiles stop, and then Durkin's like, I think he's gone. And then, boom, falls through, you know, comes through, comes crashing through, starts running. They start shooting at it, you know, and you can tell that, like, they – they kind of hit it. It had to have hit it, you know, but yeah. of course it doesn't. Um, but the, 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 creature's running through and then it's just like, it blows through the morgue door. Like it just totally fucking destroys it uh, going through there. And, and this is, <laughs> this is when Durkin starts really fucking freaking out. Cause like, at this point, he's seen the creature, right? Like, I guess he probably didn't even, like, when he got shot out the window, he probably was looking at it, but it happened so fast he didn't, you know, put it together because he got blasted out the window by the shotgun. But now, now he can fucking see it, you know what I mean? And yeah. he even says it. He's like, you know, later on he says, like, that wasn't a person. You know, it, it says it right here. He says it wasn't a person. It, was, it wasn't it was it, you know? And he's like, we need bigger fucking guns. We need big fucking guns. And I, I love that because, like, now they're back. At the, the the precinct, and Durkins is still like kind of freaking out, and and Stone's kind of like feeding him coffee and and donuts and everything, and Durkins is kind of like just like you know he you can just tell he's fucking freaked out, right? And Durkins admits that they're at they're not after a person now, you know, and and Stone <laughs> I love how Stone puts his cigar in Durkins' mouth, and he's like, now we get bigger guns, but basically. At this point, Durkins is full in Durkins yep. is on Stone's side, but also Durkins has become stone, which I think is funny
2: yeah no i I love it he whatever triggered seeing the seeing the beast triggered this mm-hmm. change in personality it works it's fun from this point on he he's he's kind of a new character he's got a new yeah. lease on life I dig it I totally I think it's cool again. I've got nothing wrong with the development of their relationship. It's more in the abandonment of the sub characters. I'm just like, yeah,
0: you're like a wordsmith, my man. You're like a fucking wordsmith, but that's, that that's it, man. It's, it's the abandonment of some of these threads that you're like, why did you give us a thread in the first place? If you're just going to abandon it, but Durkin's and stone's relationship is one of the highlights of, of this whole entire movie. Um, down in the reference weapons room with, with Socrates Johnson, so <laughs> they're getting all the awesome guns. I mean, all the fucking awesome guns, the Gatling gun, that Gatling gun, by so the great. way, is an automatic shotgun. So that thing is so fucking awesome, dude.
2: Oh, it's not just some like random f- made for the movie prop.
0: No, no, I think everything is technically a, a real gun cuz like even the 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 pistols and everything that he uses are just like they're all attachments that they have on there but they're awesome. just like so like perfectly the the the, the weaponsmith picked great attachments that made it look awesome i'm sure they used attachments that weren't meant for that gun or something but yeah you know they just basically they kit bash it's it's all it's the same thing how um back in when they made star wars how they made all the the ships and stuff like all the little stuff that's on the millennium falcon all those little pieces they just took parts from other models and just glued it on there it's, it's called awesome. kit kit bashing and that's probably what the the weaponsmith for the movie did and they just took different attachments for like like it's a pistol but then it'll have like a, a shotgun attachment on it and then it looks freaking cool right because you're just like what is that yeah. Um, but yeah so it's it's cool it's a great scene uh, you know of course <laughs> of course they get everything all the big shit you know and then of course when socrates johnson's like you know hey i need you to, guys to sign this out you know they're already leaving although socrates could have just walked out the door and be like guys i need you to sign this they didn't go very far, you know.
2: And is this the part um, where uh, where where Harley says to uh, Dunkirk, he's like, uh, "Do you get laid every night?" And He's like, "Every night."
0: Yeah. So yeah, that that was earlier when when yeah, like you kind of, of find movie. out that. That Durkins is kind of fucking awesome, and even like like Stone's yeah. like you get late every night, and he could yeah. you could tell because also because he's old, he's like oh Jesus, that, you can tell he's thinking in his head that sounds exhausting, right? Like that's that's <laughs> and then even like he's like, what do you do on Sunday? He's like, and then Durkins was like, I think something like we stay in bed and fool around, and like he's like disgusting. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Pre Viagra, so but yeah, yeah, but yeah, this was yeah that was in and, and when he does ask Durkins, he's like, so you do you really get late every night. I was expecting Durkins to say like, nah, dude, I was lying. But Durkins is like, yeah, dude, I do. I love that. You yeah. think Durkins is the fucking nerd, but Durkins is actually the fucking, the badass motherfucker in this group.
2: I mean, isn't that the case? Yes. That's Shout out to the our, all our nerd boys who get poon.
0: <laughs> that were, that was us growing up back in the day, bro. Yeah, dude. We're those nerd boys. <laughs> um, <laughs> As they're checking out, uh, okay. As uh, Durkins and Stone are leaving the weapon room, Thrasher
1: <laughs> spots
0: them and he's like, <laughs> "Thrasher!" And he's like, "What is like? Who authorized all this?" But they are just ignoring him and having their own conversation. Uh, he's he's following them while while Durkins finally likes Durkins is finally piecing it all together. He's like, "The symbol, the blood, you know, the inserted the inverted triangle is a symbol of evil and water. The circle is a sign." is a sign of magic and power everything in the circle is protected from the outside and that is correct that is what I like about it that is why uh, when you do when you cast spells you should actually put um, a circle around you and it's not it's it's to protect you because once you start like working with forces, you also you become susceptible to things. So you put your put a circle around you. And, uh, she did it in a uh, color out of space as well. She had those circle yep. circle of stones, and that is it's it's a protection thing. That's that. So they they're correct about that, and that was that's one of the things that I like about it. There's these all these undertones about the creature. You never find out what it is. You never truly find out what it is, but they give you all these little fucking hints and and i think that's cool i love that shit dude i love not being being spoon fed that shit to you you know
2: yeah i i honestly think that it was like uh a lack of script development but i think in that lack you can infer your own you know ideas which is totally cool it's totally cool, and i dig that it's another word it's an it's a otherworldly satanic creature. Yeah. Which is so cool. I like that.
0: And part of me thinks you're, you know, you're right. If they had the time and the budget, they probably would have tried to flesh out the concepts more, but because of the constraints that they had, we're left with what we have. And it's it's fine. Sometimes like, like with jaws, sometimes like the constraints that the filmmaker worked under created a better product. We don't know what the other product would have been here but I like the I like the opening for interpretation that, that this movie allows. Me too. Um and, and the stuff that it gives us, it's kind of like right up my alley, you know? And uh, Durkins believes that the creature, when the creature eats its victims' hearts, it not only gains their DNA, but it gains their power and their souls. Uh, Thrasher's basically, at, he's listening to all this, and he's like, you've become as crazy as him, you know? Because yeah. remember, Durkins was like his man, you know? Yeah. The rational one. And he's like, you know, he's just like, he's completely beside himself, and they don't even like listen to him at this point. And, and as they leave, he's just like, he kind of, Goes back into the precinct, you know, kind of yelling at everybody. uh, Yeah, (laughs) yelling
2: at a yelling at another female cop, which is there's like, like, what's up with the yelling at the female cops? Like, right? That's that's yeah, seriously.
0: Uh, back at Stone's apartment. There, so they're back at now. They're back at Stone's apartment, and which is uh, unlocked uh,
2: again. By the way, yeah.
0: I'm like, what the fuck? It's unlocked again. and it's also funny because Thrasher could if he was really looking for them with all their guns that they didn't sign out, he should have said send some people over to fucking Stone's apartment because I'm sure he's there.
2: Yeah, mm, yeah. That
0: again, we're right back to the hole. We're right back to the fucking hole, man. I know. <laughs> um, Durkins is sitting on the motorcycle. He's kind of he's he's kind of kitty like you know. He's, he's he's admiring everything. Well, now while Stone he's... makes some.
2: He's had like a major character shift
0: yeah. now. Yeah. 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 Because, <laughs> yeah, he's. Hey, but hey, but in, in a good way, like, it doesn't yeah, yeah. feel like he's a completely different character. It just feels like he's got a different outlook on life. Um, Stone is like, you know, I'm going to make some coffee. You want some, uh, you want some, you know, cream, milk, whatever. And uh, he goes to open the fridge, and there's a heart inside the fridge. And, you know, before. Uh, uh, Durkin's can grab it. Stone's like, fuck this. I'm not dealing with this. And he fucking throws the heart out the window,
2: throws it out the window.
0: Sure. That was just another victim that died, right? Like we don't need that heart. We don't. Yeah. That, that, so if I could have a second scene to cut out or a second moment to cut out, it would be that one. That was, that was, that was stupid. I didn't like, I hated that.
2: It's probably my least favorite scene in the movie. Because, yeah, I'm like, where? You're not cops. You're not cops. Neither of you are cops. Neither of you are fucking cops.
0: Right. And also because they also don't hear that the water is running in the the bathroom, you know? So Durkin's. Yeah. Yeah. Durkin's noticed some water kind of coming out. They open the door, you know, and Michelle is in there. The water's running. She's in the tub, but she's washing her hands. And you find out that, you know, she 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 touched the the heart in the fridge, Um, which that makes sense. Like all like her reaction to that makes sense. But then why didn't they hear her when they first came in? You know?
2: you you find that out and also the fact that her that her mother former mother-in-law died as well right the, yeah and, and 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 i i do have to well, point out Well she kills too, herself you, you, you find out that foster's herself. mom kills herself Foster's, yeah. yeah and i also have to point out so there's a Harley Davidson mm-hmm. logo on his shower wall there's a Harley Davidson mm-hmm. motorcycle in the house there's a Harley there's like Harley Davidson shit everywhere I know we've talked about it again, but it's so annoying to me. I'm sorry. It really bugs the hell out of me that there's like product placement of his name everywhere. I'm just like, dude, it really distracts from the scene because she's like scrubbing vigorously like the... She's in shock, implied. And, uh, you know, and you're supposed to... But I'm so distracted by like the fucking Harley Davidson logo on the wall.
0: I don't know why. He... He's obsessed with Harley Davidson, and we're about to find out, I guess, why. Um, because uh, uh, Durkin says that Michelle is promised to the creature because of the bite on her shoulder, and it also has her DNA too. But as they're talking, Michelle calls stone by his first name Harley, and Dur- Durkin's is amused by this. Okay, this shot of the two of them talking, uh, Durkin yeah. and, and, and Rutger Hauer, and they're... Durkins is losing his shit. He is laughing, yeah, and funny. I love how Stone says, "What's so great about D- Dick Durkins?" And that's when that's when Durkin kind of loses his shit, or or the actor Alistair, actually loses his shit, and you can tell that Rutger Hauer is trying not to laugh too, and and basically Durkins goes you know back while you know out of the room while while Stone stays and helps with Michelle calm down, but apparently. That little interaction was completely legit. They didn't have oh. the budget or the time to reshoot it. So Alistair losing his shit is kind of real. And then, because I think okay. he's supposed to giggle a little bit, but him really losing his shit is real. And then Rutger Hauer cracking a smile. Like, he's a, he's about to lose it too. And because of it, it's my favorite interaction in yeah. the entire movie. Yeah, I dig And it. I think... And I think that, like, when, when we say that sometimes these, these movies that we all, like, everyone agrees are bad movies, but we love them. And this is one of them because you can, you can feel the love and the energy coming from behind the camera, totally. to, like, like, behind the scenes. And this, I think, personifies that. I think no matter how bad the budget w- or the shooting constraints were for the director, causing him to leave. I think that Rutger Hauer and Alistair uh, had a good time working together in this movie. And apparently the only reason um, uh, uh, Kim Cattrall took it is because she just really wanted to work with fucking Rutger Hauer. Like, you know, she's been around Hollywood. She'd seen Blade Runner, I'm sure. She fucking just, she wanted to fucking work with Rutger Hauer.
2: That's cool. I mean, look, her character has a lot of depth. Yeah, it does. And I want to know more about it. It just doesn't Mm -hmm. get there.
1: Yep
0: um he's kind of so yeah i know so outside stone's apartment we see durkin's is in a jeep while then we see the kind of the creature's shadow in the background back in the apartment stone and michelle are laying on the couch when durkin radios that he sees something moves moved in the alley he's gonna go investigate stone gets up off the couch looks out the window but durkin's jeep is gone stone tells michelle to stay in the apartment and gives her his gun then he leaves Stone searches the street below but can't find Durkin's. Uh, He finally finds Durkin's glasses on the ground. Back in the apartment, uh, Michelle kind of like, now she sort of, oh, oh, okay, okay. Actually, I didn't put that together until just now. I wrote it. In my notes, that Michelle senses the creature is close, but I didn't put it together until just now. She has a psychic connection to it as well at this point. Yeah. Because because later, Durkin's will have one in a few minutes as well. So, yes. that. And then here you go. Zach, as as stupid as the movie goes in one direction, it remembers here with Michelle that she should have a psychic connection without telling us. It. It's like it does one thing right and then one thing wrong in the exact same scene.
2: You know, it's just it's just not consistent. That, that not that's, consistent. Yep,
0: yeah. yep. That's that that is the consistency to this movie is that it's not consistent. Uh, so Durkins finds uh, Stone finds Durkins tied up in the back of his own jeep, and uh, he kind of you know cuts him loose and everything. Durkins says he didn't even see the creature. Um, you know that 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 you know that knocked him out, and he looks down and sees. Kind of like blood on his shirt, and his shirt's kind of ripped up, but he's kind of got some blood on it. In the apartment, Michelle's on the couch with the gun at the ready, and I like this. All of a sudden, the creature's claws start coming out from beneath the like inside like, the couch where she's sitting. Yeah. She's That's out. so fucking cool, Ghostbusters.
2: Yeah, it also uh, reminded me of like uh, Nightmare in Elm Street, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, and and so. Yeah. So my take at this point, obviously, we know that the creature is is a demon. It's not human. So yeah. I'm thinking it can tell, it can teleport, it can move like in and out of like the dimension. I don't think it's, I don't think it's always moving around 100 percent as a physical entity at this point. You know? No. Um,
2: which is a f- which is a inconsistency too. But
0: yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. With how, they, with how they
2: kill it, you know. But
0: okay, that's no. That that is true. That is true. Um, although I do like the shot, it's a, it's a POV shot of her face, but as it's going up, her eyes are sort of tracking upwards, you know? And I do like that she shoots, like, she doesn't like just scream and like, oh no, I like that she fucking like shoots her gun, you know, like she
2: tries. She got balls.
0: That's right. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Uh all right Stone and Durkins uh search the apartment but don't find anything uh for some reason Durkins shoots up the kitchen to kill a rat
2: Yeah and I, and I'm like come on you're a fucking cop dude like yeah. have some like have a little bit of consistency there
0: Yes And so this is like, honestly, this is like the fourth thing that I hate. I hate the the racketing shot. I hate this. It's, it's, It's throwing out the heart. It's whenever they just don't do things... That are you're a cop, like you just said. You're a fucking cop. Just be a fucking cop, you know. But then you know he kind of at this point. Then he's like he sees that his chest is bleeding, and then he does like a like a kind of a funny pass out. He's like, oh, I'm bleeding, and sort of falls forward and passes out. Uh, Durkins wakes up on the floor with stones sort of sitting over him, and his shirt is open, and we see that the full extent of the damage to Durkin's chest, and it's like he carves... the creature carved the symbol that was on. On the roof of the the ceiling, the circle with the the, the exact same symbol. I mean, that's going to be a scar for the rest of Durkin's life.
2: And it's it's like an inch deep into his flesh. Yeah, it's it looks painful as shit. And the reason I bring that up is it, it comes. I just want to remind everyone how deep it is, how painful mm-hmm. it looks. He's. I'm going to give him the benefit of. The, I'm going to give the script the benefit of the doubt and say he's running on adrenaline at this point. Adrenaline. So he doesn't feel yeah. it which we will later on. But let's not forget, you have a giant gaping wound in your body. It's disgusting. Okay, just don't forget that.
0: Yeah, exactly. I kind of think I know where you're going with that one, buddy. And if (laughs) if you're going where I think you're going, I'm going there with you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Stone suggests... That it might not be a symbol, but a map too. And then they kind of use a mirror to sort of like, you know, uh, anyway, sort of check the design. And and they they realize that it leads back to the place that Foster was killed. So bringing it all the way back, right? The the creature is completing the circle, and Michelle will be there. And they got to go basically, I think it's called Cannon Street Station. Now, I don't know if Cannon Street is a real thing, but I kind of took it as an homage to Cannon Films from back in the day because uh, this movie feels like a Cannon Film in, in some ways.
2: I'll give that to you.
0: Stone says he knows the guy they can get him there. This rat catcher guy, right? And he'll yep. need their help to get into the location because it's submerged. It's kind of like a part of the city that no one goes to anymore. Um, when they get inside the rat catcher place, this is the the character that's played by uh, what po- Pollard? I don't have my thing in front of me. What's is it, Pollard?
2: Yeah, my, yeah, Michael J. Pollard. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. He's he's there. He's the one that's going to kind of take them. There's a little bit of a fun little back and forth. Apparently, Michael J. Pollard uh, did not like utter a single line from the script. Everything was improv on her, his end. And uh, Rutger just kind of went with it. You know, he just, that whole thing with like, but do you really want to go? And Rucker's like, yeah. And he's like, but really? And that's when he put the gun in his face. I think that was all improv.
2: It's pretty obvious because I, I really like that actor a lot. Yeah. I think he's really talented, but. He clearly is just kind of like doing his own thing in that scene. Yeah. Which is fine. It clearly it is he doesn't give is. a shit. <laughs> no, he doesn't give a shit. It is it is what it is. I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, it is what it is, you know.
2: If, if it was a guy who couldn't act, I would have a problem with it. But the fact that he's entertaining. I do want to mention Michael J. Pollard was the voice of a character named... I, what was the name Psycho? Maybe uh, in uh, Toxic Crusaders, the mm. Toxic Avenger animated series back in the day. So mm. that was very. Really I loved.
0: You know, I was not a big Toxic Avenger fan, but I liked the cartoon a yeah. lot.
2: Toxic Crusaders, Toxic. Me <laughs> and the boys go downtown.
3: Sorry.
2: <laughs> With my mop, tutu, and girl. Wow. <laughs>
3: Oh my god. Woo guys, you heard it
0: here first. Um, and, and you know what's funny? I'm looking at my notes with the rat catcher stuff and I realize that like literally nothing matters because he takes no. them to where he they need to go and then Rutger Howard's like, are we gonna need the keys, you know, where we're going, and the yeah, rat catcher yeah. just throws it at him. Like, you could have completely removed his character from the movie it would not have made any difference Rucker Howard just would have said at, he, the creatures at Cannon Street you know s- station we're gonna go there and then you would have just been there
2: you didn't need it and you didn't need the subsequent killings coming up later either. no but.
0: Exactly. They, they weren't that good either. Uh, no Stone and Durkin's enter the Cannon Street Station. We are now in the, the climax, the final act, with their guns drawn. Start searching around. It's pretty flooded. While they're searching, Durkin's falls into a hole, like a la Foster, but not quite the same. And this is when I was like, oh, God, that water is disgusting. Yep. That gaping wound on your chest has got to get infected from that, right?
2: Exactly. The whole time I'm like... That's got a sting. I don't give a fuck how much adrenaline you're going off of. You've got dis- – you're, you're now – you are now infected. You are a STD-riddled, disgusting mess of a person.
0: Riddled. Riddled. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> we said it at the same time. You, disgusting. You,
2: you think you're going to get laid on a regular basis from this point on? Very doubtful, my friend.
0: Nope. Nope. Not at all. Um <laughs> so stone stone knows that they're close by and and he says like the creature creatures like kind of like in this door right behind us and it's an elevator they open the door and the rat catcher and his other guy kind of fall out dead it's like yeah and it's not even like a good like shock or a good jump no. scare and then they just, gonna just gonna have like some out. blood coming out of there yeah it's 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 not good you can just tell that i think they just shot all of michael j pollard's stuff in like one day and yeah, there's like come on down, like down a, this scene and do this
2: and he had like a smirk on his face when he fell out dead the other guy yeah. like looked dead
0: he... michael j pollard's smirk was like look what i'm getting paid to do
2: <laughs> yeah hey, <laughs> Late. Guys. i just got a paycheck yeah. for doing this Bo-gunk.
0: Yeah um and you know uh Durkin starts like sort of freaking out he says his chest is burning um and I do <laughs> you like think? this uh, Yeah I know <laughs> it's infected son um I do like how how Stone is like you hear that heartbeat it's not yours understand i like that right yeah if 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 the heartbeat stuff was good you know throughout this entire movie that would have been good payoff uh they hear michelle screaming from around the corner they go running and they kind of slide down this little incline or decline thing that leads them into a like a lower chamber that's like pretty flooded and it has one or two like uh, subway cars there and Michelle's sort of hanging there over some water. They kind of walk up to her, but Durkins looks down and sees that she's sort of like in a circle of light. And he tells Stone, "Don't break the circle of light." Yeah, I like that. Durkins Durkins climbs to the top of the subway car that Michelle is next to and tells her to swing up to to him. It's interesting that Durkins does that. That's almost like the hero's move, you know? Like like Stone just sort of stands there, you know. But I'm with you. I like the whole like he can't enter the circle of light. I, I thought that was neat because you also. You don't know what was going to come from that because it didn't, you know, nothing came from it.
2: I, I get, I get that he, well, first of all, yeah. So I get that he's standing there cause he wants to kill the thing. Um, he, he doesn't really like, it's weird. I don't know if it's a, it's a, it's, if it's the way his character is written or just the way it was acted. You don't get the sense that he loves Michelle. like, he can kind of care less about her. Like in one breath he does. And in a minute you'll see a really weird interaction, but where it seems like he really digs her. But then on one the other is it's like, he's so focused on killing this thing. And I get that maybe he's so focused on wanting to kill this thing. He's looking, he's, he's like tunnel vision. Okay. That's your world build. You know, I'll give him that. Um, On the other hand, you know, here's this woman that, she didn't do well she cheated too but whatever you know she's she's like a victim here and, and but but
0: but here you are uh, uh Durkin's is the one that's kind of rescuing her though
2: yeah and so Durkin's the one that's rescuing her so that's odd yeah. but she does straddle his face so there you go <laughs> I,
0: know, I know that yeah that, that is kind of funny um, so as she she kind of swings up to Durkins and, and Durkins grabs her but as as she does it the creature shoots like straight up to kind of grab cool. her and this is the best shot you're gonna see of the the creature the entire movie yeah. and uh, I had it paused um, when I was taking notes and my wife's com- uh, contribution to this conversation is uh, why does the creature have boobs? <laughs> not not why does the like, creature
2: have a uh, bi- uh, motorcycle no, helmet visor on? No.
0: No. No, not why does the creature have motorcycle helmet? Why does the creature have boobs? I was just like, babe, I got nothing. I got no nothing for you. Uh, so but he jumps up and um, he, he misses. <laughs> he misses. Uh, Stone Stone shoots at the creature, and the creature kind of jumps into the subway car. So, like, Michelle and Durkins are on top of the subway car, and the creature's now sort of inside of it. Uh, Michelle goes running, and... And the creature chases her with its claws coming through the roof of the subway. The first shot was cool where it was just his claws. But then it becomes just a hand that's like a shark fin going through the water. And that does not work as well as when it was just the claws, you know?
2: And my question also is, what happened to Durkin if he was up on the train car too?
0: Yeah, yeah, so she goes running, you don't see Durkin, he'll pop back up in a second, but it's not consistent, you're right, you kind of, you don't really even see him when no. she, the camera's on her and she goes running, uh, but of course, like, Stone is running next to the train, shooting at it as the creature's running, kind of a cool shot of the creature sort of jumping in between this, the 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 cars, Yeah. Uh, Stone goes into, now he kind of goes into the car, walks to the back of it, doesn't see the creature, but... The back of it has a door that's super, super dark, right? And Stone goes up to it. You know the creature's in there, but Stone is now out of bullets on his gun. So he kind of turns around, and I don't know why this is, but he says, Foster? Qu- question mark? And I didn't notice that the first time. But the second time, because of the subtitle, Stone turns around and says, Foster. And that's when the creature comes out of the shadows. I wonder if... There was something there in the story where the creature could just project something. I, I don't know. But for some reason, he spins around, and then we get that, that famous, not famous, but for this movie, famous shot of, close-up shot of Rutger Hauer with the creature's finger blades kind of coming down over his face, and he picks up his glasses. I yeah. love this shot, dude, a lot.
2: Yeah, I, I, do, I do really appreciate this scene a lot, because it looks cool. And the movement yeah. with the, the hand movement is super cool. It's creepy.
0: And another cool shot of, like, of because like, it's close up on Rucker Hauer and the creature's, like, nine feet tall. So, like, behind him, you only see the creature's, like, torso. Yeah. And not even its shoulders. So it's a great sense of, like, height to it as well. Yeah. Yeah, you it's know?
2: really cool.
0: Yeah. And... Takes off his glasses, uh, you know, kind of knocks him around a little bit, you know, and uh, and then then here comes Durkin's to the rescue. He shoots at the creature, the you know, kind of distracting the creature a little bit. Then drops a grenade in there, uh, fucking of course, like you know, Stone says some some like you know good timing. Jumps out the window. They all kind of run, and the 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 blows up. It doesn't blow like all the way up; just kind of like blows up the inside. By the way, I like that. I don't. I hate it in movies when something like a grenade blows like a car up. You know, more than it ever should have been. I like yeah. when it does the the right amount of damage, and that was that was kind of cool. Um, and then, uh, you know, they jump in there, but you know. Stone knows that 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 the creature's not dead. He sees a power line on the ground, so he's like, you know, I'm gonna go, you know, fry this motherfucker type of thing. And when I give the word, you know, you throw the switch. So and I like how Durkins meets uh, is meeting Michelle for the first. Well, no, is 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 he? Yeah, he sort of. Well, he doesn't really interact with her earlier. So now he actually says, hey, I'm I'm Dick Durkins, man. You know, he introduces himself to Michelle. It was a cute little little thing. I I like that
2: um it's cute it's cute it It. um again like and this in this speaks to what you said earlier where they basically t- took over for the director at the tail end of the movie yeah it's it's it feels so f- sped up and, yeah. and 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 at this point michelle who who is like she had said earlier in the movie that she's crazy so in, in a joking way so you have to like, give her the benefit of the doubt after all this trauma she's been through. She's kind of, like, has a s- slight smile on her face. Like, yeah. she's ready to kind of party and, like, get down and dirty with this thing, which is really hard to believe because, you know... it it Because the other two were, like, had been in combat and, and had been seeing some nasty shit. It is forced. It feels forced to me.
0: She's playing it a little... Big Trouble in Little China, whereas yeah. other people are playing it with with a little bit more, you know, danger to it, whereas yeah. she's kind of playing it with a little bit more fun tongue in cheek type of thing. Um, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I do know what you mean. But then there's like little things like like uh, no, I'll get to it in, in one second. So uh, so Stone puts the court like it puts the wire, the, the power line into the, the subway Jumps up on a ladder, kind of gets his feet out of the water. Durkin's throws the switch fries, the, you know, fries, the creature, but you know, and, and Stone's telling it, to, telling him to turn it off. As soon as Durkin turns off the, the power, power, the creature jumps out and tackles Stone off the ladder, then kind of pushes him up against the, <laughs> the subway. Yeah. Stone does a Karate Man move. <laughs> you know, Karate Man's only bleed on the inside. Yeah. So he does a Karate Man move and does some kind of weird hand move and kind of spins the creature around and then punches his fist into the creature's chest and takes out his heart now i can only imagine that the creature is in complete shock at this point like when 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 stone does his little karate man move i can only imagine the creature's like what is happening what is going on and then he rips out his chest
2: how did you become a karate man And what belt are you, Karate Man?
0: (laughs) Karate Man? And clearly you're bleeding on the inside. So rips out his heart. Uh, uh, Durkins comes up behind them with the machine gun or whatever, blows the creature away, and then uh, Stone's still holding the the, the heart in his hand, still beating, and he points his gun at it and and shoots it, and, and that's it. The creature's pretty much dead at this point. They go walking out of that little area, I didn't write it down, but Durkins was saying something, and and uh, I forgot what it was. He was talking about something, and Harley's like, you know, fuck you, I don't want to hear about it. But I like how Michelle was like, tell me later. Like, I liked how she already had like a little rapport with with Durkins. Like, I I, I like that. I was like, that was cute. Again, that was another little cute moment. She's like, tell me later. You know.
2: Yeah, I do. I do appreciate that. I like that. Uh, You didn't mention the fact, too, that uh, Stone looked at the heart and said, sweet dreams. Oh, God, yeah. My bad. My bad. I was like, this has nothing fucking to do with anything, dude.
0: Because I think I was more distracted by the fact that he's holding it in his hand and he's shooting it with a gun that fires shotgun rounds. He's going to fucking blow off his (laughs) his finger. (laughs) So fuck it. So and then as they're walking away. Uh, they're like walking through the water and and there's bubbles start coming up where basically where the creature sort of jumped out of the water earlier. Bubbles come up very like a cheap way to say, oh, could happen again. And then we have a final scene of Durkin's and uh, Stone and uh, Kim Catrell, Michelle in a boat and Durkin's. I like this, too, because Durkin's, like, talking about, like, in the further adventures, you know, he talks about himself and, like, his psych his psychic sidekick referring to Rutger Hauer. I like how he puts himself as, like, the main character, and then, you know, Rutger Hauer's like, Durkin, shut the fuck up, something like that. I like that because I like their relationship. And that's split second, ladies and gentlemen.
2: I like that, too. Um, yeah. I will say the bubbling up, I'm going to chalk that up with a geyser in the water <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. or someone opened up a can of soda and it just flowed up mm-hmm. i'm not gonna uh, potentially if this movie had made money and was a bigger deal i would have seen a sequel i'm surprised that we didn't see a sequel because in the 90s everything was getting a sequel at this point why yeah, this it, it, didn't get a sequel i have no idea that final shot it, is because, like
0: because it made no money it made no money
2: (laughs) the final shot is like very reminiscent of miami vice with this where they're in a speedboat and um yeah buddy cop buddy cop movie like i've said a la showdown little tokyo i come in peace where it just didn't like i don't know man the jokes just didn't flow enough for me or there were too many jokes it was inconsistent with certain plot points in the movie I don't dislike this movie at all. In fact, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, There were times when I, and I I don't think I was necessarily bored at any point in this movie, but there were just moments where I'm like, no, you you, could have done a little bit better right here. You know, Shane Black, everybody always goes, oh my God, Shane Black is amazing. He's so good. He's not that great. He's not that like, He's hit or miss. He's hit or miss. Right. Yeah. Uh, In this, in the buddy cop category is more of a miss than a hit. Like, in my opinion, you know? Yeah. But it had yeah. so much, like you said, it had so much going on. Great actors, Uh, pretty decent special effects considering the, the budget set design was pretty fucking cool. Um, story is pretty decent. It's it, it, it's maybe not original, it's, it's, but it's cool. It does its, its job. It, it yeah, yeah, it
0: does its job, right?
2: Yeah, and so overall, I like this movie. Uh, but we're not going to—we call a spade a spade, you know? It's got flaws, warts yeah. and all. It's fun to watch it. Dude,
0: I mean— Honestly, I, I I thought you were gonna freaking hate it, man. Like, I, and I know you don't really like you know straight up hate things. Like, I that's a that's the wrong word. I I didn't think you were gonna enjoy it as much as you did. Um, I I, I think I think I kind of like it as much as I did the first time. Meaning, like, you know, I enjoyed it. I'm like, it's cool, but it will stick with me for some reason. I'm like, I'm I refell in love with the parts that I liked about it the first time. And I don't think that the parts that I didn't like about it the first time got any better. I think I think it has massive flaws in this movie. I think it wears its flaws on its sleeve, you know, for better or worse. Um, it has a, I mean, it just has a lot of problems. Although I think a lot of them are chalked up to its its microscopic production time, you know. Yeah. But it's split like, second production time. It's split second production time but ultimately like like you said i was never bored when i was watching it i enjoyed my time with it and I also enjoyed picking it apart, yeah. but like there are these these elements in it that I think it has true greatness. I think I think the uh, I think Hauer and Alistair Duncan's rapport comes through fantastically. Um, I like their characters. I think Kim Cattrall has a fun time in this movie. I think she's yeah. having fun while she's making it, and you know you get to see her nude set. So that, that's a plus for me. Um, I like the set design, fantastic. The creature design is really where it just hits with me. I, and I know that it's a fucking hodgepodge, but for some reason I love it. And it's maybe because why, why does it have a visor? Why does it, it's, 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 it's an organic bean with an inorganic thing that is attached to it. It has no description. Why? And I think that's fucking awesome. I'm like, that's really fucking cool. I don't know why that's cool, but I think it is. I think his claws are cool. And uh, dude, honestly, like, man, I I would love love to like see like a comic book sequel to this yeah. like 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 in real time meaning like the, the 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 amount of time in life that passed is like how much time passed here and so like Alistair will be older or you know the characters are older and everything I would love to see the creature come back and I think it's a, I think it's a cool world kind of like hardware it's a cool world where I can picture all these neat stories kind of happening around the movie, you know, like all these awesome fucking things, but the movie kind of doesn't have those things. Right. Like, but it gives me enough to allow my imagination to run rampant. And uh, and and in that regard, I think it 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 wins in my category for me. So like if 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 you remember this movie fondly, if you remember it fondly, then absolutely I'd say just go out and buy the MVD uh, Blu-ray because I think it's it's absolutely amazing. If you're not sure, if you think you're gonna like it, I say listen to this and then go buy the MVD Blu-ray because it's a cool movie. It's kind of a neat movie, and I'm glad that somebody fucking brought it to Blu-ray. You know?
2: Yeah, I think. Uh... This movie is a perfect example of 90 straight to video. And, yep. it, 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 and I don't know how many of these will do, uh, but it's it's worth not being forgotten.
0: Yes. Yes. Good. Good point. Yeah. You don't have to remember it fondly. You don't have to say it's great, but it needs to be remembered. It's not a movie that deserves to just fade away into obscurity. And, you know, I hope that uh, our podcast helps boost the signal a little bit. But boy, oh boy, is it's not perfect. It is massively flawed. But there's a lot of love in the production. I think that's the cool thing. There's a lot of love that went into the production. Probably not by the director. He probably hates this movie and never wants to think about it again.
2: <laughs> yeah, and... And the writer was like, "Well, this is a first time, cool experience, and uh, you know, move on from there. Uh, it's a good stepping yeah. stone." But you know, here is the it thing was, too, it was a perfect folks, stepping like, stone, I think. And and Corey and I have said this on a, a million times—not a million times, but several times in the past. There is a lot of people involved in the pieces that get made that help make a movie. It's not just one person or or one, you know, or, or two people or whatever. It's everybody. Everybody involved. So it's it's not a fucking painting. It's not one dude painting a picture and that's it. And you can say, I like it or I don't like it. We're looking at the whole body here. The whole body. Mm-hmm. And and I'll tell you what, the whole body has got a lot going on. There's uh but there's, you know, fucking uh, what do you call them um, fat folds and uh, cottage cheese and flaws <laughs> and stretch marks flaws and all flaws and all dude but, like but,
0: but but for some reason the hole is charming I, I don't know why like like the hole is charming and uh, and I mean it's probably because of the insane cast that it has well, like it, I mean yeah. my god
2: and I, I love I love buddy cop movies whether it's tango and cash or lethal weapon and and like i said i like showdown little tokyo i like i come in peace but they're cheese shit fest yep. where there's moments where you're like oh my god this is so bad uh this is those this is one of those moments where you're like oh my god this is so bad but and i know this is kind of becoming a benchmark for us you look at cyborg and you're like this movie sucks because It's just it's just bad. It's like it's just a bad and and go back and listen. And as much as we want to love that movie so much, this movie has a lot going on. Uh, Well, because Cyborg did not have the acting quality that this film had.
0: Yeah, I mean, dude, watch them side by side. They both have garbage scripts. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. They both, they both have, like, high-concept trash, right? Yeah. But you see what happens when you put fucking straight actors into a role versus uh, Karate-men, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, yeah, I would – you know what? That's kind of – you know what? That's my, my takeaway from this entire movie. Uh, I would rather watch this any day of the week over Cyborg. And, and I remember Cyborg more fondly from my my youth than I do this, and I would watch this any day over Cyborg.
2: Yeah, honestly, I look at this and go, why did Cyborg get more love than Split Second? Yeah. And I'm looking at it under the guise of like post-apocalyptic, futuristic, science yeah. fiction-esque, uh, and because we review both movies. And so, yeah, so, so think about movies... In your catalog, folks, when you went to the video store and you overlooked something or you rented something, and you're like, that nah, was cheesy. Think about it in the sense of, yeah, but how bad was it? Was it Cyborg bad? Or was it Split Second bad? Yeah. And yeah. Split Second bad is pretty damn good. I pushed stop on this DVD and I was like, all right. All right.
3: All
0: right. <laughs> and you know what, buddy? I, I'm happy about that. That's honestly... I, it was a gamble on this one, truthfully. I now know how you feel uh, with with like stuff like strange, you know, uh, dead kids and, and stuff like that. Strange behavior when you're like you're not quite sure if it's gonna land or not. I wasn't sure how this was gonna land, you know, truthfully with you. But uh, I'm I'm glad you could enjoy what you what, what you could enjoy from it, you know.
2: Well, I respect I respect your uh, risk taking involved in this endeavor and i will tell you the 90s are way riskier than the 80s when it comes to uh you know toe dipping in a film you've never seen before because the 90s just like they just lost their way man like they forgot they forgot like what what was charming and this movie This movie has charm to it. It has enough charm to it to make to push it into an echelon of like, oh, I'd watch this again. Would I watch this I- again? Yes. Would I watch *Cyborg* again? Only if you paid me.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, you know what, in my life I will probably watch Cyborg again at some point, probably because someone who's hanging out with me will say, "Let's watch Cyborg." And I'll be like, uh, okay." But I'll be like, "You know what? Why don't we watch Split Second instead?" You know? And I'll I push for it. But then they'll, they'll they'll probably say, "I've never heard of Split Second. I'm going to, let's watch Cyborg." I'm like, "Fuck." And I'm, but you
2: know what, I'm and, and as far as JCV JCVD films are concerned, Cyborg is at the low part. That that's below, you know, Black Eagle. And, uh, like, I, yes, I you yeah, know, I'll fucking yeah. de- get me death warrant any day. Give me double impact any day. Give me Lionheart any day. I mean, give yeah.
0: give me bloodsport any day, bro.
2: But I'm talking, uh, but well, blood sport hey, is the just, top like, yeah, bloodsport, kickboxer, stuff. Yeah. no retreat, no surrender. So, uh, uh, yeah. you know, but like sudden death or, you know, uh, let's not go into the late nineties, but like those, you know, those core films way more than cyborg. But yeah, but is split second. Yeah, I would put split second easily above a lot of shit.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: but like I said, nineties
2: j- are very, uh, very mysterious in whether they're going to be good or not. Eighties, eighties got charm.
0: 80, 80s <laughs> fucking rocks, man.
2: Yeah, dude. And I will say to to
0: end this conversation as a potential spoiler alert. Uh, one of the movies that you mentioned we will be doing in the future. So one of the movies that you mentioned in this conversation uh, of the multiple movies that you've mentioned, one of them that you mentioned, I already have here ready to send to you when I get another movie in a package of two. Oh, I hope it's like coming. One of the movies that you mentioned, we will be reviewing on the podcast.
2: I hope it has Dolph Lundgren in it, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it has Brian Beckman in it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love me some Ben Ben. <laughs> Zachy Poo, where can we find you online?
2: Oh, you can find me on Instagram at Zach Schaefer. Uh, you can also find me on my other podcast that I co-host called $2 Late Fee. It's a trip down memory lane, 80 style retro uh, movies, interviews. We uh, interview everybody from Richard Tyson, the star of Three O'Clock High, Buddy Ravel. It's a crazy interview. And then um, Eric Roberts. Hart Bachner, who was Ellis in Die Hard, like Vince Dacola. Uh yeah, all that good shit. Find me a two dollar fee. Go to my go to my website, zacshaefervo.com. You can see what I've been up to, what I what I do, who I am, yada yada, yada, ting tang, wada la bing bang. My personal site is you <laughs> basically see all the notes I do for my son. Uh, my lunchtime notes so you know that's that's where you can find me uh thank you i'm up almost up to 600 now dude it's crazy uh impressive that's right (laughs) i try to be where can we find you sleazy c
0: yeah buddy uh you can listen to me every week talk about seinfeld on cartwright a seinfeld podcast with our friend adam he's also on the blast from our past yeah very good, good good dude and, uh, you can actually, you can hear Zach and I go head to head on throwback trivia takedown, uh, where I think they, the, they're Adam and, and John are in a, in the middle of the BFOP network, uh, competition. So, uh, Zach and I are on there. You can listen to that. You can listen to our pals, uh, in our network, uh, on, in the BFOP network. You can listen to our pals at talking back. Uh, they do some great stuff over there. They have some fun, fun episodes. They've, they've done Mad Max. They've done Sinbad. Uh, and Seven Voyages of Sinbad, I should say. Not Sinbad, the stand-up comedian. Um, <laughs> but uh, also check out Blast From the Past. But uh, yeah, as far as Podcasting After Dark goes, if you guys love what we do here, if, you, if you've sat through three and a half hours of, of split second, then I'm imagining you're enjoying <laughs> what, we're, what we're doing. But uh, you're only kind of getting one-third of the amount of shows that we put out. Everything else is over on our Patreon page. We have interviews. That's really our uh, bread and butter. But uh, we have interviews with uh, people like Tom Matthews, Diane Franklin, uh, director Tom Holland, Fright Night, right? Uh, Jonathan Stark, who played Billy Cole. We got... I almost said Albert Pune. We got... um, no. Richard Band coming up soon. I know. We have, we have Richard Band com I think it's because of Cyborg. It, it was in my head. Uh Well,
2: I I was going to say we we'd get him on the show, but he has Alzheimer's disease, so uh I
0: yeah, I know. I know. And sadly. well well Tom Matthews actually talks a lot about him too in yeah. the interview. So we actually give uh, Albert Pune some love. Um, I love me but some uh Albert yeah, Pune. we have a we do have a bunch of We have at this point I think we have 12 or 13 interviews over there we have another show called wrap up after dark uh, that we do on a monthly basis uh, we also have special unboxing videos that we do we have uh, we have a special discount code for our merch store so we have a merch store by the way guys go to podcastanderdarcom slash merch yeah, and stuff. it's it's kind of more of a por- it's a, it's a portal to our TT T public but we have a coupon code 20% off uh, it's in and through our patreon for our patrons, get the coupon code for the merch store. So that's just another another bonus, and uh, everything goes right back into the into the, you know the the, the show. Um, for example, we did the got commissioned Dan Parker to make that one year poster for us, and we used the proceeds from Patreon to pay for it. So everything goes right back into the show, and uh, we appreciate the love, and we also are painfully aware that bad things are kind of happening to the economy and 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 are going to keep going that way um and a free way to help out the show is to leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts we right now have a literal wall of five-star reviews and thank you all so fucking much for those man yeah that's, it means a lot because that goes a long insane. way
2: That gets us more attention, more notoriety in a good way. And, uh, you know what folks like the more popular we get, the more stuff, fun stuff we can do. And just, just to tease a little bit, we've got some upcoming, uh, interviews in the gate down the road Mm -hmm. that are really unique and, and ones you won't hear possibly anywhere else. Uh, and if you do, you know, good stuff.
0: I, I got to say, man, our, our Richard Band interview that's coming this month, it I thought that was really fucking awesome. It's
2: cool. And, you know, for those of you that don't know who Richard Band is, if look him up. Look at the music that this guy has composed and what yeah. movies he's composed for. It's pretty off the chart as far as podcasting after dollar cult movie is concerned. And then, you know, I just we just booked another one the other day someone i'm really excited to interview i won't tell you who it is just yet and another potential one down the road for the following month uh really exciting too. another uh, like a very memorable cult name potentially uh so these are all exciting things you, you, you get on the podcasting after dark train it's only going to take you to a positive destination
0: yep that's right so we appreciate all the love and support you guys given us so far and you keep giving us in the future and we just we love you guys so so much guys and gals i, I you know i'm I'm the type of person that says guys when it's referring yeah, to me everybody too. um yeah i know um but everybody guys and gals we, we love you guys all and uh thank you for all your support and um uh, as always
2: we'll catch you on the dark side Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark.
3: Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV, and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.